Willow Talk Podcast. Will no topic is off limits. Now here's your host, Mind Daddy, and Void of Soul. Thank you for coming to the Willow Talk Podcast. Boom Talk Boom. In three, two, one. I think we kind of already started. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, give me your guys' names, the name of your band. What are you guys doing here? Who are you? What are we doing here? I'm Bell. Uh, I'm Jeremiah. And we're in the band Bell and the Vertigo Waves. Um, we've been a band for yeah officially four probably years. four years. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just put out a new record in May and doing the damn thing. Hell are yeah. We, are, yeah. We're allowed to swear, right? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. the internet, baby. Wild Wild West. <laughs> okay, Say whatever the fuck you yeah. want. Yeah. <laughs> titties okay yeah yeah <laughs> i uh i've been doing this podcast for about four years now so really cool. mm-hmm. Very cool. so we're we're twinsies yeah this oh, is yeah. the for us this is the first like like you were saying like doing the damn thing this is like the first like official like declaration as a band like when we when we put out this new record it was like okay this is what we sound like this is who yeah. we are now it was like we spent several years figuring that out mm-hmm. basically how yeah. many so. how many people are in your band a total of five, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Has, and it's been five for the four years? So it's interesting. So in 2017, I put out a solo record and hired people on for it. And I hired on Jer and one of our guitar players, John, who's actually my dad. I just have to remind myself to say oh, his name. Nice. <laughs> uh, so people know who he is. Um, they are the only people that have are still in from like when I was just hiring people on mm-hmm. solo and I when I put the record out was like I want to have a band so I'm just gonna name it a band name and hope to you know just to be like I'm gonna have friends I'm gonna do it <laughs> you know if I declare that it's a band the band will come later you know okay it's like the smart marketing of if you call it bell and the vertigo waves then the, it can't the, the vertigo be... waves is like ambiguous could mean anything because yeah, then if like I was solo forever it's like that's just the name of like my act yeah but oh, if I yeah. had a band it was a band name so yeah. I just put it out under that name and over the years of trying out different people, different setups. We finally have like the right lineup right, of ver- people. The right vertigos. The right vertigos, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, just like kind of finding what our sound is for the five of us as opposed to like kind of where I started things out. And, you know, I never really wanted to have like, I want to have a consistent sound. I always, I think that's important, but. A lot of the like reason for even the name of the band was like I never want to put out the same album. Like I want to experiment with different sounds in a way that's not too chaotic. So it was kind of cool bringing in people to challenge the sound that I had already established and sort of morph it over time and have like a pretty a very different vibe than how we started out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it also like we connected through sort of the tracking and recording process of your first thing Mm -hmm. and then that was like there were so many because obviously you had a very clear distinctive game plan and sort of like path you that you wanted for the first thing Mm -hmm. and so us hanging out there was a lot of like me being like hey you should do that you should do this she's like no but then now that like we've sort of like the, the collaborative thing has become like more yeah I don't know if democratic is the right word because yeah. you kind of trump everyone else but like well, I'm <laughs> you know not an asshole <laughs> no, I, there's just a lot more like uh um 
I guess like collaboration. Yeah, collaboration. There you go. Yeah. yeah how yeah. easy or hard was that to kind of like you have your own sound and kind of idea mm-hmm. as like maybe quote unquote the leader, but then getting four other, you know, brains in there to kind of yeah throw their salt into the stew. I think it was definitely hard for a while, and I, so much of like feeling freedom and collaboration is the connection that you have with the people Mm -hmm. and i think it's a trust thing it's like building a family it's like i'm not gonna like i have to know that you're like in this Mm -hmm. if i'm gonna be like sure i i I will go there with you if he's like hey what if we like make it a little bit more metal what if we make it a little bit it's like you want to have that like established trust to go like all right if i'm gonna go there with you i need to feel like we're in it together, mm-hmm. you know, and not just that I'm kind of going willy nilly, like collaborating and willing to change the structure of this thing that I created if people are not like there. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, totally. Investing. Yeah, yeah. Investment's so huge. I think like the closer that we've all gotten and the more that, you know, you can tell that people are invested, it's so much easier to go to trust each other creatively too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that makes a lot of sense and that was i mean that was a big thing with him and i is we just got close first you know mm-hmm. and i mean my dad has been he's, he's my dad <laughs> sure so there's Yours that as saying, well sure. he'll just do whatever you say though it's kind of <laughs> i mean i mean and earlier on it was like whatever dad and now i'm like playing the music that i used to make fun of him for playing when i was a kid so yeah. it all comes back full circle yeah yeah, yeah. What were uh, some of your inspirations to? Get, are you, you do you sing or you play an instrument or I both? Sing. Okay, where, mm-hmm. who, did you have some influences growing up? Different bands or just um a singers, lot poets? a lot yeah um so the first album a lot of it was coming out of like the Cure the Smiths like very Phoebe Bridgers vibes um and now like. You know, I grew up very inspired by, like, Joan Jett and Blondie, and then later on, Ozzy and... uh, A lot of classic rock, huh? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. a lot of classic rock, and then, like, also singer-songwriter, also pop. So that was kind of, like, I started in that more singer-songwriter, alt, uh, sort of, like, indie, 80s indie when my well, first I, like, album. I want to say emo, but that term gets used. So, cause really it's emotional. Everything you yeah. write and listen to is like emotionally driven yeah. in its context. And so that's, yeah. if, if what they were writing about was the real shit, you probably yeah. liked it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like after I kind of came out of that with the first album, then sort of those other inspirations, like the Joan Jett and Blondie and um, more of the like, classic rock or mm-hmm. metal um got really into black label society um really really into ozzy all of that started to kind of come through i think a lot of it too is even this phase in life of like what i'm writing about because so much of the music that i make kind of revolves around like the heart of what i'm talking about that's sounds cool. so corny but hey, no like, that's great that's what people want to hear though they want realness they yeah. don't want I don't want to hear you talk about shit you don't have experience in or mm-hmm. they don't have a whole lot of interest in that you're just doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Because that's what's supposed to work or what you're supposed to say. Yeah. Here's what sounds good in a rhyme. Yeah. 
I think that first album, like, it was a lot softer and a lot more, I guess, whimsical. It was like a whimsical, softer sadness. Okay. (laughs) And then it's like, I grew up and was like, oh, this is what it's like to have adult be a grown-up and sucks, like doesn't it? go to ther- <laughs> go to therapy and dig up all my trauma and yeah. like deeper pain you know and then it's like the music kind of reflects that a little bit you know you kind of we basically turned into a metal band <laughs> yeah okay yeah jeremiah what uh you play guitar uh bass, bass so okay. I, yeah on the record i've tracked bass and then like i my role changed. I don't want to like mm-hmm. totally hijack this, but when I started out, it was pretty much I was the the hired bassist, and um, and then John and I sort of like connected on sort of the the love of the classic heavy metal kind of stuff, and over COVID, because we were fucking couldn't do shit for like a year, uh, I kind of took over sort of like the. I don't like using the word production because it's not I'm not so much a producer, more like the arranger okay. or like like. So I think that you could say that he right. produced the album. Jeez. He's nice. just doing that thing that musicians do. There you go. Uh, but yeah, so now it's more like I write I write the 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 original. It's like Nikki Six. Like I'll write the songs on guitar, but then I will actually hand them to the guitar players who are better than me, who mm. will then take all of the shit that I write and make it make sense. Nice. Um, okay. So performance-wise, I'm bass, but it's I'm a little bit more of like yeah. a songwriter, I guess. It'll be like he'll either write a track and I will go sing on top of it, and then he'll change things around what I did, or I'll be like, here's me playing this thing on acoustic guitar or on piano barely take this and uh turn it into a metal song thank you (laughs) and then he does a demo and it kind of circulates and morphs as everybody gets their hands on it Mm -hmm. and everything Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah i talked to a lot of hip-hop artists on this show not a whole lot of bands and rock and roll instrumental people Mm -hmm. there's just it just seems so much harder for you guys there's so many more (laughs) irons for the fire you know Mm -hmm. A, a rapper can just find any producer get a good beat he feels and then mm-hmm. just do his thing or yeah. her thing but yeah. yeah you have to do all kinds of and you got all got to mesh up together yeah like finding the right people and finding like everybody finding their place to yeah. like this record i really feel like the next record the record took us about two years to make that's probably perfect that means it's amazing right i mean <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean i think we would say that i think we'd have to say that yeah yeah but i think like the next record that we track will probably take half the time just because so much of that time was us figuring out and doing it wrong and going like what if we track like this and then going that didn't work at all we it need didn't to work redo we just wasted three hundred dollars or yeah. whatever you know there's a lot wasting of wasting oh. time and money and energy just like not having a good like production flow of mm-hmm. like what's everybody's place what do we do and i think we found that a lot more in the process of that. Well, album. also too, because like John and I come from the the uh, the mindset of you work out songs live. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, we have we have an idea for a song, we have a rough sort of concept around it. We're gonna play it live and then see how it feels and kind of go from there. And but because of being locked down for you know almost two years, there was a lot of here's what I got. What do you think? What do you want to add? And, but you had no feedback from anyone else. It, it mm-hmm. had to solely be based on, do we like it? And like, no one else has really heard it. And yeah. obviously there's a couple like, Hey, I'll send this to my mom, but she's always <laughs> got like everything. Right, I right. do. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, that was like, I mean, on my album, 
that was my whole thing too because i was raised by a musician father who was like you gotta play your songs out to know like before you record them like know that you like that it feels good playing it get it out there like live in it and on the album there was one song that we added like at the end and I never played it out and it felt like the craziest thing ever to like write a song and like never play a show and just track it and put Mm -hmm. it on the album and then we record this record where it's like I mean most of them there I think were maybe two songs that we played live and Mm. then put the album out and like our album release show was like this is pretty much our first time playing most of these songs yeah Yeah. Uh, and then doing it front to back too so so it was like hey this is the order that everything is in on the record this is the first time you're hearing it ever and like so if it was shitty you left a bad like taste in people's mouths on mm-hmm. like how it actually sounds because that's that's the first time they've ever heard it so that's just what they think it sounds like mm-hmm. already so there was a it was like you know yeah i think some people give leeway to live when they listen live they kind of understand that it's probably not going to be quite as good as the yeah. recording yeah. just because it's already so polished yeah yeah but that is um that's one of the biggest things i respect about bands is so I I've, I I grew up listening to classic rock. How old are you guys, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I'm 35, 36. Okay, 24. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm 42. So yeah, I listened to a lot of classic rock growing up. Um, and so, and then I loved the 90s, a big 90s era fan. And so I I do have a love for music, like the bands and mm-hmm. all that kind of. Mm-hmm. I love it, but I also have a real soft spot for hip hop. I just mm-hmm. love, yeah. I especially love the local scene. Mm-hmm. And I go to a lot of local shows. I might go to one tonight, actually. And the biggest disappointment at these hip-hop shows is so very few of them are actually performing. Mm. They've got their music already, and they're just basically lip-syncing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's or they're rapping over it. Well, mm-hmm. so, and then you're just like, why am I? Like, why do you come to a show? I could just mm-hmm. go home and listen to your album. Exactly. Mm-hmm. At that mm-hmm. point. It's so, it's, I don't know. It's, and, it, and the thing is, it's, it's kind of controversial. It's a controversial topic mm-hmm. in the hip-hop world. Mm-hmm. And really what it is, it's just them, really, they're just being pussies. <laughs> they're just being pussies. They're not confident. They don't have, they haven't put the work in for mm-hmm. it. They haven't memorized their stuff. Or maybe they're, they're not writing for performing. Maybe mm-hmm. they write a little bit too fast, mm-hmm. but they can, they can do it in the studio when they get it down. Yeah. But yeah. live, well, they're not that good. It's probably, they're looking at it as like an advertisement. Like I'm going to go out and advertise mm-hmm. my music and like, Put out the aesthetic and look. Well, yeah. I was gonna say. I mean, part. like, quite frankly, since like the two thousands, and I feel like we have a little bit of a of an age connect where we sort of can understand what we're saying. Like, yeah. there's a like most records really are just advertisements for whatever the li- like it. Well, mm-hmm. f- from a band standpoint, you write the music because you are promoting. This is what we sound like if you come mm-hmm. see us live, and really the only way we we live or die as a band is if you come and see us right. live. Mm-hmm. So it's like, really, we're a merch. We're we're trying to be a merch company that that makes music that will draw you to come out and see us. That's like kind <laughs> yeah. of how it works yeah. now. Yeah, kind of um, has to if you want to make a living at yeah. it. Yeah, but and but it, it is interesting, like you know, especially in the context of like you're you're just making beats that you are rapping over. That is your bread and butter more than the, the the performance, especially if like you're just performing to a backing track live. Mm. It's almost like it's yeah. the other way, um, which I don't know if necessarily that's a bad thing. I think it's you know there's there's pros and cons to being on your own versus being with other yeah. people. Like yeah. you definitely don't have to deal with 
you can just book the temperaments show. of four other guys. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, man, I was talking to a buddy that's in. Um... Okay. <laughs> um, another band around here and he just started a solo thing and he was like, man, I love my band, but like, it's awesome just booking a show and going and not worry, having and, like, to worry about other people. You don't have to sync up anybody's schedules yeah. or rehearsals or anything. It's like, you can love your band so much, but just like being able to like, Hey, can you play this gig? Yep. Sure. I'll get on the plane. I'll get in my car, whatever the thing is. and just like go. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I think like performing live is a really big it's a huge thing for us. It's like everything. When we write. It's the only reason why I do it, quite honestly. When we write songs, it's like, okay, this is cool, but how are we going to do it live? Like, we can't write. If we're going to write it like that, we need to know how we're going to perform that because there are certain things that just might not translate. And so a lot of our even writing process will revolve around how is it going to perform, you know? Yeah. But you probably don't really know that until you perform it, though, right? I know. That's why making this record was so scary. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because, I mean, for me, like, the vocals are, some of the vocals are very, like, really big. And I have, like, tons of layers and backgrounds and all this stuff. And that makes it cut through a wall of guitars. Yeah. You know, I have to really make sure that the way that I'm doing my harmonies and the tone of my voice and everything that I'm able to cut through the guitars so when we go to a performing thing, it's like I have to, you know, adjust certain notes to make sure that I'm going to cut through. If I can't sing in this part of my register that I was able to sing on the record because I had all these harmonies and these layers and stuff mm-hmm. happening, maybe that doesn't work as much live and I have to change a couple notes just to make sure that I'm cutting through. And so there's just little things like that that we've been figuring out going from studio to live as opposed to live to studio wasn't there wasn't there one song that you hit like a high f uh like in the recording and and your vocal producer was like hey you nailed it but like you can't keep doing songs (laughs) oh oh yeah uh there's a song called i don't remember what the note was there's a song called just a delusion that it's actually, I mean, this is going to sound like humble brag, but like it's a, it's easy for me to do now. Uh-huh. But I like wrote, I happen, I, I have a habit of like writing melodies or songs in keys or in ways that are like in my mind. I'm like, I know I can't do it, but I'll figure it out because it's really cool in my head. And so the song Just a Delusion on the album is like, you know, at the time, like at the top of my range like very challenging and it was a hard song to record because it's like when you record when you record not to say that one is harder than the other there's pros and cons when you record drums you are recording there's one track that is drums when you record vocals especially in like a rock band like this or in a pop band you have your vocal you probably have stacks you probably have you know maybe five different harmony tracks and then you stack those and there's a lot going on. Right. So recording that was like exhausting because I just wrote, I put it way up there for me and had to like learn how to do it as we were recording because I was there like, were, it's uh, going to sound cool. There were about seven tracks for drums, by the way. Just for oh, <laughs> This is well, the, this no, the producer talking sorry. to the vocalist. <laughs> you the know snare what I, was its own. The kick no, was okay. its own. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, where yeah. it's like. They don't change keys either. Too. He's not like. No, it's not. You, it, sorry. I'm saying, it, to your point, the drums don't ever have to change keys or modulate. Yeah, it's the yeah, same yeah. 
tone tonally right is the same. you don't have like harmony yeah. drum tracks yeah, that right, you're right. stacking right anyways <laughs> to my to whatever my point was <laughs> uh yeah i wrote that like in a very challenging thing for me and it was like okay how i'm gonna do this live i guess i'm just gonna have to like make my voice better i don't know <laughs> yeah and also no feedback from and no an yeah. audience right ever. you just i just have my vocal producer being like hey um you're putting yourself in a very challenging position right now. You need to think about the fact that one day shows are going to come back and you're going to have to do that on a stage while you're jumping around and yeah. out of breath. At the 30-minute mark in the set In the list set when you're whatever. exhausted. And it's yeah. your third night in a row doing it. Like, it, can you can you maintain that, that yeah. level of... That's the other advantage, too, of, like, being a, a guitarist or bassist is, like, the way it sounds is going to be the same no matter mm-hmm. what. Like, your, 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 your tones don't get tired. The way your right. your voice gets tired, and you're probably not getting as tired as the singer. If she, if she or he or she is a very active singer, jumping mm-hmm. around, moving around, and singing. Yeah, well, yeah, when your yeah. instrument is inside of your body too, it's yeah. like that. One time in uh, band camp. Oh wait, even the other way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, no one can tell when I'm sad when I play bass, but they can tell when Bell's sad when she right. sings. You know it's that like, kind of a thing everything i eat drink drink sleep breathe mm. it all affects the way that i sing and so my life yeah. has to revolve it's like being an athlete i mean i know it sounds a little no, bit like no it doesn't sound like that's perfect that's no that's perfect that's a perfect example because you in a way you are an athlete i mean if you're up there being super active especially yeah touring i mean or or, or performing live yeah that's not that can't be easy your voice is just it's muscles it's like you have to stay hydrated. You have to work out your voice. You have to constantly keep it. You know, you have to maintain and, you know. Do you smoke? No. And I usually, I really don't drink that much. Yeah. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> I actually. No judgment here. Yeah. Trust me. I drink. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I took, drink. I took six months off to get the record finished. And I now just drink more occasionally. Nice. Because the more that I have, like singing jobs and band stuff i have to like really really pull it back because it's just you just dehydrate yourself it sucks being a singer is it's really lame (laughs) (laughs) yeah i've met a few people like that where they're like no i'm not gonna smoke or drink i got a show tomorrow or this weekend i gotta gotta keep the voice fresh yeah but uh but the bassist guitarist and drummers they can get hammered right they ain't gotta worry Uh, about it so so (laughs) i have a tendency of over i overcompensate in my perceived lack of ability to play by performing very hard on stage (laughs) so so i've actually hit the point now where i'm like i need to start going back to the gym just so i can maintain doing this for another like 10 to 15 years that's kind of the so i i sort of side with her a little bit however i can i can throw a few back and be fine but but we do for the most part with the band we kind of have a would you say it's unspoken or we we all kind of have an unspoken agreement of like don't perform drunk because people anytime yeah. it happens it's we just uh, collectively are yeah. falling down the stairs after after the show all bets are off but like i have a personally i think this is a spoken rule at this point it is like, now it's like don't it is yeah now, guys. It is now. <laughs> you're listening <laughs> but it's uh just like you don't go to work hammered yeah. you shouldn't and yeah. so uh, speak for yourself <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I'm so kidding. so like you know live it's like you know you can have you loosen up have a drink or two and then and then after the show then it's fine but but going in 
uh, I mean, I'm getting older, so it's also like, you know, five or six and I'm good anyway. But like, I... And I'm just small, so five or six, and I don't coma. exist anymore. Yeah. I'm gone. But but it, it you know there's the like you know it's two a.m. and you have to go home and have to because we uh, we all still have day jobs too. Like we haven't made that that we're doing our first out of town show ever next month. Is it next month? Is our first like yeah yeah um, Ooh, congratulations yeah, yeah it's it's our trial run it's our it's our can all of us coexist in a van together kind of a thing that's the, like the next step for us yeah Here we so, go. yeah so it's like that that's the the real the real you type. guys have a van or do you have to rent one or how does that work we we need to figure that out <laughs> oh we, no we booked the show and now it's like cool how are we getting there where are we staying <laughs> where's yeah, the yeah. show at it's in Bentonville Meteor Guitar Gallery Arkansas yeah Arkansas yeah. Ben oh I've heard of Bentonville Arkansas I've probably yeah. been through there yeah. we 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 kind of just like diagrammed out like what's the cutoff point that all of us are willing to sit in a car together at this time at this time and it was like three hours out and so I basically just like went on Google and was like vin typed in like venues within a three hour radius of me and it like pulled up this like map that's like a circle right. of everything mm-hmm. there um and then it was just like blasting stuff out and then that the you know there's been a couple we've had to turn down because I don't mean this arrogantly, but it's like we we're so loud that there are like a lot of places that if we were to perform, it would actually just like do them a disservice for us to be there. You just have to know where for you... their PA system or what? Yeah, but or you know, room. Yeah, yeah, if it's like okay. if it's like this is a this is a, a lounge and it's table service and you're basically on the floor and it's like okay, we can't like we couldn't play at Green Lady, right? <laughs> well, know? obviously, but... uh, that that one's obvious, but it's like you could just have to know your place, yeah. like your spots where you fit in. Yeah, I yeah. do love some Green Lady though. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, no, that was no especially shade after to Green a show. Lady oh no, I know at all. <laughs> especially after a show, that's yes. the best place to go. It where do you guys like to perform around here? Record Bar. Um, oh, yeah. Great spot. We love playing at Record Bar. We're playing, um, we're actually playing at Record Bar on October 28th. We oh. have a Halloween show. Are we show. allowed to announce that one yet? I just did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we are. It's all yeah. settled. That's it's not, fifth, I can edit it, but. Our fifth yeah. in a row <laughs> Halloween weekend show we've done. So oh, sweet. it's kind of turned into like a th- like a I'm kind of pushing this hard to be like, hey, this is the fifth time we need to just like say we're doing this every year because this is like. For, you know, when like the original iteration of the band, we did Halloween, mm-hmm. COVID. <clears throat> I think that might have been the year that we missed. Or, or was it? I don't know. Time is weird with fucking COVID I don't COVID think we've bullshit. missed a year. Um, but yeah, we've done five. This will be our fifth one. That's, See, that's like, so cool. Yeah. You guys dress up or anything? Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Really? We just have to actually. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah. You might be too yeah. cool for school. No, no, no. No, fuck no. that. We just no. like it, but we don't dress up. We just no. have to actually prepare this year. We're like, this is the year we're going to plan ahead. Yeah. Because typically it's like a week before and we're like all right i guess we're gonna be fucking wrestlers yeah yeah (laughs) yeah it's always so we're telling ourselves now that we're going to well you better hurry up like it's right around the corner i know i know know, yeah (laughs) you got like two months Mm -hmm. but yeah (laughs) figure it out we've done i mean we've basically played everywhere i mean we played davies before it burned down we were actually we were one of the last shows davies uptown so um Davies Uptown Ramblers Club. Yeah. Is that burned down? Yes. I used to live like a block and a half away from it's there. It's back now, I, I think. It's a new venue, but it's a jazz club. Yeah. 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 Wow. But we did so we did a Valentine's Day That's show. Such there. a good little dive bar for heavy music. Yeah, yeah. Twenty nineteen, right before, like literally we probably without knowing it, gave two hundred people COVID. I'm not yeah. kidding. <laughs> yeah. Because 
nobody knew like at that point it was like an overseas thing. like you didn't know that covid was like a problem in our country mm-hmm. yeah and we are we all performed with what we thought was the flu we still don't know yeah. i like we had fevers the night before i like just was downing dayquil going on stage like i had you vomited lost, like right after the i show. got off stage and how ran rock star of you oh yeah. my god it wasn't because i was drunk <laughs> it was just probably because too much dayquil before i jumped around on stage honestly yeah but like we were three of us were like sick as dogs and packed out the venue it was awesome it was we did a valentine's day show with a band called wick and the tricks they're really awesome and then um we actually have our pulse music video on youtube is filmed there Sweet. at that show and then literally like a month later it mm-hmm. burned down and then we got locked down because that would have been february and we got locked down in yeah i'm pretty sure davies burned March? down before lockdown so it or was, was it we were we were you know we were one of you know because i don't know how many but we were one of the last bands that performed there yeah. patient zero and then like a month the month after was like when when lockdown was officially so like, sorry kansas city if yeah. we gave everybody covid we didn't know <laughs> we someone still gave don't it know. to you yeah, yeah 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 did anybody lose their sense of smell uh, I sometimes still don't. Oh, have, wow. Yeah, it, it comes and goes. There's certain things that, um, or yeah. taste. I ne- never lost taste. No, ever. Since, that was weird. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I lost my taste, but like things are weird now. Like ever since I had COVID, like meat sometimes just tastes like dusty to me. <laughs> I don't know how else to like, there have been times where like I've taken a bite of meat and like almost thrown like spit it out which is super sad because <laughs> i love meat but it'll just be randomly and it's i'll try different things i know it's not like bad meat but every it'll just weird things just taste different to me now what a weird yeah thing covid was yeah i know yeah it fucked my taste up when i got it bad and it that was one of the weirdest things i hate black licorice hate it with a passion and I had some I'm sorry. some juji fruits. You like it? Oh yeah. Oh she man, so I had the juji fruits, ju- and they got the little black ones in there. Oh, and then so the it hit me. I was like, uh oh, I think I lost my smell. Uh, I wonder if I lost my taste. I think I did. So I ate something. I was like, I'm not confident. Let me try uh, something nasty. Yeah, let me yeah. try the black licorice, the juji fruit. So I ate one. I was like, I don't think so. But let me try. It. And so I grabbed like five or six of them, shoved them in my mouth. I was like whoa i don't taste a thing this yeah. is kind of it's cool but weird like it's cool for the novelty of it for a few minutes but and then you're like this sucks it does yeah. suck yeah. and the and the not smelling anything was really that's that's what really freaked me out and gave me like crazy anxiety like, i still what? i still don't smell his farts you gotta yeah, like that i'm i'm fine with it that's kind of great if i could take like meat isn't as good or no i would still take meat over not smelling farts I just I like I would love to like really enjoy a steak. I would rather smell your farts. I didn't. You never told me this. To, you never told me that the, that it was that bad. The the taste thing. It's, it's like random. Weird. I mean, it's not like I don't taste it. It's just different. Tastes it funny. tastes like dusty. It would just be funny. They say if, that like, where some things will taste funny for a yeah. while. Yeah. It would just be funny if like we have like a gas leak in our house and we don't know because we can't smell it. Uh, <laughs> <It's not really laughs> you know it's probably happened too, yeah, yeah, somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Somewhere yeah. died. He'll just be fucking blasting his ass. And I don't smell anything. <laughs> Nothing. There's just funny sounds coming and yep. you don't have to smell. That's not That's bad. That's fine. That's I will cool. say though, like of all the ones to lose, like if you had to pick one, smell isn't like that big of a you know of all your senses yeah, yeah. i would rather sure. not be blind or deaf yeah yeah, yeah for, for sure. sure 
But it was weird. It was weird. Like, oh, no, it, it just it felt dry. You, like, smelled, and it was just, like, this dry, weird feelings, like, mm-hmm. air. It's like, mm-hmm. huh. Yeah. Yeah. COVID, weird. But then we had uh, – so we did that, and then when everything got locked down, that was, like – we we make this joke all the time, but, like, through, through the whole fucking debacle of, of all of that, basically it was, like, the – Everyone either, metaphorically speaking, but everyone either got married or they got divorced. And that was like through, and I don't just mean like in your relationship. I mean like you committed to whatever the thing was that how your life was or you were like, this is my chance to get mm-hmm. out. And that, and so that was when the record for us started, the process of it was we were both going to therapy. We were both uh like okay what the fuck do we really care about i was i went on furlough from my i was like i was like working in car automotive electronics it was like a fucking career job and like got furloughed lost my job i was one of the like unemployment leeches for a while but not really because like i technically was still hired it was just the company's like what the fuck are we doing kind of a thing so i was just like okay what are all what what are the things i really care about because i've lost the capacity to do anything else so there's mm-hmm. like no distractions there's no whatever so it's like i got a gym membership nice. we, we got all this studio equipment it was like i never went to the gym okay so i don't really <laughs> care about that that much but i but like really settling into like writing music and then uh, then like yeah and then it was like emailing other members of the band and then secretly having rehearsals sometimes when we weren't allowed to try out music and like fig- like and it was like okay We've lost the capacity to do anything. We still are doing this, and now we're, like, serious about it. This is how you know that we're serious about it. Yeah. So, you know, we kind of married it at that point. It's like the the tragedy and the trauma and the fucking annoyance of all of it was so extreme, but we didn't want to stop. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, we're, you know. And a lot of, I mean, basically the whole record, that's why I think is so much more aggressive, is born out of the frustration of that year and a yeah, half or whatever. Yeah, I think in a lot of ways. We just had a lot of energy. We had nowhere to put it. So it just yeah, went so many people were like that. straight into the music. Got yeah. very aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I got into some aggressive music. I, mean, I, I you know, I, I liked to listen to some heavy stuff too for a while there. I got into Pantera for a while. Yeah. Mm. My first concert I ever went to was Rage Against the Machine. Mm. Uh, Lamb of God was good. Yeah. Uh, you know, Disturbed was fun. Who's the, is, yeah, uh, is that the people with the masks? Mudvayne. No, wait, Mudvayne. Slipknot? I like, yeah, Slipknot yeah, and yeah, the Mudvayne. Yeah. I like yeah. Mudvayne a lot, too. Yeah, yeah. We've um, been circulating the most recent Judas Priest record at our house, mm-hmm. like, a lot. It's they, they put one out in 2017 called Firepower, and it's like, I mean, I don't need to plug Judas fucking Priest, but, like, they still have it so, oh, yeah. they are they are still peak, yeah. peaked out. and they're Does like, he live around here? Rob Halford? Yeah. I don't know, actually. That'd be... I might kind of fangirl out a little bit if I find that. I mean, he's like 172 years old and still <laughs> crushing his vocals and like oh, so good for yeah. real. And like listening, it's important to me like being able to listen to bands like that because I learn a lot vocally. Because you have to like Ooh, Seven you, Dust. I like Seven Dust. You have oh to, yeah, like, he's their local. To, he's local. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just knowing how to sing in a metal band is a f- a whole different ball game because you're. He's, it's hard to not let your vocal tones clash with guitars and stuff. So I think I listen to a lot of bands like that and just analyze what they're doing to cut through yeah. and Especially not the ones destroy their voices. Yeah. And who yeah. still have strong voices. Cause some of those guys, like they sing now and they sound like fucking dying cats, <laughs> but like Judas, like he's still Judas priest is still like fucking. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you you like and Zach Wild too, the Zach same thing. Zach Wild. Oh my god, I love him so much. <laughs> I know that name. Where's he's he? Just he he, he uh, he's a Aussie's, Black Label Society. Okay. Yeah, Ozzy's lead guitar okay, player. I think right. he joined um after Ultimate Sin album mm-hmm. is when he joined. So like no like he did no more tears and like the the classic like nineties Ozzy stuff. And nice. then he's still kind of like the but then he branched off and started Black Label and we're I think we're probably more black label fans than we are Aussie fans. Like I don't know. That's maybe it's hard to say. I mean, I just am absolutely in love with Zach Wild. <laughs> I'm not afraid to admit it. <laughs> no? yeah, I like that. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We also we also stand by the belief that Ozzy Osbourne is the most prolific pop artist that's ever lived oh interesting mm-hmm. term yeah. pop artist yeah. huh yeah oh yeah oh my god fucking those are pop songs to their core yeah if you really look at them and anytime like sometimes i'll just sit at my piano and going I'll... off the rails yeah. on a crazy mm-hmm. train yeah. yeah yeah there's so many aussie songs that if you sit down you strip them down and you just like play them on piano i'm like this is a beautiful pop ballad yeah like yeah. At the at the absolute core of the song. Yeah, it it. I mean, this this enrages a lot of people, but like, <laughs> I imagine so. Classic yeah. classic heavy metal. The whatever the genre names mean anymore. Classic heavy metal is essentially just pop music with amps turned up louder. That's yeah. that's what it is. It is it is the, mm. the the formula of a song is like intro verse chorus verse chorus bridge solo chorus Mm -hmm. and the chorus is the part like any like every motley crew song if it was like fucking like literally if it was like the backstreet boys were singing it the format of the song (laughs) would be the same (laughs) can you imagine yeah yeah i kind of can i kind of can with uh she's got the love oh the nick carter yeah yeah yeah. i could totally see him doing that shit yeah but it's just i mean shot in the dark yeah one step away from you that's just a beautiful pop song just fucking Oh, yeah. But that's that's the and then that was kind of even what kind of turned a corner for you as well. And also mm-hmm. like coming to terms with the fact that your dad knew what he was talking about as far as Ugh, music. The was. Worst. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. that's kind of what shifted it, I think, for you was the like. Well, to me, I think what it is like getting into bands. So I I'm into um, the characters like. You know, I'm into a lot of metal music, but also, like, I love fucking Lady Gaga. And the thing that I love about her is that she has, like, a character for everything that she does. And I'm obsessed with, like, the theatrics. Okay. And so the door that opened for me into the world of, like, metal or heavy rock was Ozzy because he is theatrics through and through. Very much so, yeah. And so it just kind of, like, opened my mind. To like let let the darkness in <laughs> because I just I love the theatrics. It's like I love uh, 80s and 90s pro wrestling because it's like it's all to I love me, the shirt to me. Thanks. It's actually his. I, still, I bought it for him and then steal it. So um, Ultimate Warrior. This yeah. is a wrestling. Oh, there's yeah, Macho Man. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's all about the theatrics to me and like having the full package of like dope music that has a great visual and a great character and story and so having that yeah yeah i'll, I'll rant for ages on that one but yeah yeah all right what are you doing up there to put on a show are you all over the place jumping up and down screaming like i don't know what do you i mean for the most part i'm like i have to keep i have to find ways to be dramatic without um 
having losing my breath right because i'm singing Mm -hmm. so he probably actually like jumps around and moves a lot more than i do i find ways to like perform and be dramatic without like just moving my body rapidly because there's a way to like have that balance there but for the most part like we're all other than my dad's a less he moves around less but he's also like the best musician in the band so he'll just like be standing there and then he'll like absolutely like shred through a guitar solo and like everybody loses their shit and the whole time we're like jumping around being like yeah look at me i'm doing this crazy shit and all he he has to do is be like and everyone's like yes he just stands there i make that joke to him all the time of like like zach and i have to horizontally run the the length of the stage and then zach runs wireless so he's like in the audience and it's like we're doing all this stuff to get like noticed and then like John will just take two steps away from his pedal board, and everyone's like, ah! Yeah. I mean, a yeah. guitar solo, yeah. a damn oh, yeah. good guitar solo is just, it's yeah. magnificent to watch. Yeah. Or a, I, I like a good drum solo, too. I'm mm-hmm. a, I don't know, maybe you guys, based on your your music taste, might laugh at me for this, but 311 is one of my favorite bands. Oh, yeah. And they, I mean, hit that drummer there, uh, Nick Sexton, is, is, is that his name? No. That's Nick Hexum's main singer, Mike. Uh, God damn, what was his name? Peanut. Peanut. No, he's the bassist. God damn it. It's like hey, Chad Hex. Hey, well, it doesn't fucking matter. You know what? Listen to guitar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's one of the baddest drummers, I think. And when he does this little solo thing at one of their songs, they always do. It's just, it's awesome. Dude, 311, we, we, uh, I've, I've mentioned them before, too. Like, there, there's a level of success that you hit as a band, like, where you don't have to actually market anymore. Oh yeah, like like three eleven comes through and they sell out this Brent Center. Well, they they've had their their band their their core fans for right twenty something right. years. That that is basically like the 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 quintessential level of success that like every band aspires to be. Where it's like they don't have to even tell people that they're coming to town anymore. Mm-hmm. They they just come in and they sell out. We were talking about that mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. like uh, Lincoln Park, rest in peace, Chester. Of like, I remember there was you know because. Uh, hybrid theory was like the anthem of my high school. Like I remember getting that from a friend who bought it at a used bookstore and giving me like a burned copy of the CD. And it was like before they were like burned copies before they were like really huge. And then like being pissed off when they like made it big. And like all these people that like didn't give a shit about my band a year ago now like care. And it was like, they were my band. Like I was one of the like old school Lincoln park fans. And then a couple years ago, um, it was like they they in the eyes of like the media sort of swirl you don't hear about them anymore and i was like what what are they still doing because i had kind of fallen off with them and it was like oh they're like headlining like fucking whacking or something Mm -hmm. and it's like their opening act is iron maiden like iron maiden is opening (laughs) for lincoln park and i was like that's when you know you made it Mm -hmm. when it's like you don't even you don't have to tell anyone where you're playing. You know you're going to sell out wherever you go. You don't have to blast your stuff all over, like, the radio or, or like, do ads or advertisements or anything like that. Come and then, on, like, shitty podcast. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I mean, like, 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 and then and then Iron Maiden is your opening act. Wow. You know, yeah. and it's, like, like 311 is the same way. Like, people are like, yeah, I remember 311. It's like, no, they were just here, and, like, 40,000 people went and saw them. You know, it's it's that same level of they're you know, incredible live i don't know if yeah. you've ever seen, I've them never live. seen them live no fucking incredible yeah incredible they sound exactly like their album yeah it, nick's up there jumping around the whole time they're, they mm-hmm. put on a hell of a show yeah and mm-hmm. they play they'll play they, like two they, hours 
they'll play for a while and they yeah. know what the fans want to hear. Yeah. yeah. They know yeah. what we want to hear and they play it they all. Just do it's it. just, it's, yep. yeah. yeah. Bands yeah. like that are just, you got to love that. That's, right? I mean, that is the best part for me about like being a musician is performing. Like, I feel like it, it sounds very corny, but like, I feel like so honored anytime I see people like have like, a good night because i you know what it feels or like know to the be, words when you or know the em. words oh my god that makes me like literally want to cry because <laughs> they're be like forgetting the words on stage and looking out and people are singing the words and i'm like okay well first of all now that's where I you can't, just go like that hand the microphone i know i know it's like i meant to do yeah, this yeah. <laughs> um there's there is a part of me that's like god damn it now i can't just make up the words when i forget them i have to like know this shit not yeah. zone out or make them but, up and then they'll think like you get they got like, like a little treat got a special yeah. yeah but like you've been in the crowd before where you've had a show that's like really like hit you like it's been a really amazing experience and you walk away like felt feeling like you had the night of your life and so anytime we play a show where like i feel that connection with people in the audience and i you know see couples making out in the crowd or like just whatever it is that's happening it's like in my mind i like imagine it as like if it's in a movie it's like we're the band that's playing and i'm like to me it's like i'm watching the audience and i'm like oh they're on a first date like this is their first date or like this person just like broke up with so and so and like i'm i'm like observing like where people are at making their own little stories and like or them. even people <laughs> telling me afterwards and i'm like it just feels like so i don't know something about it like it actually helps me get over any like stage fright that i have because i'm like i'm just here to like be the band in the scene of somebody else's life movie you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. i'm here for what they're going through or whatever they're like needing right now i'm just he it's not like it makes it less about me and i think that just it makes me commit more to like how i'm performing and then it takes away some of my anxiety or stress around performing okay i like that makes and it sense. just is so much more meaningful yeah if i paint it that way <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i'm saying yeah i've just never heard you say that before yeah, I was talking to somebody about it a while ago, and I realized, like, that's the thing. In my head, I just go, like... So you're just, like, looking at people being like, oh, they're on, like, season three, episode two of yeah. their... Well, it all fucking... started because, like, <laughs> two years ago, one of my closest friends brought a first date to our show, and they just got engaged, and they're, they've are they been they've been together ever since. And, like, I think about that, and I'm like, I was just, like, I was just a piece on the board game like i was i was there like i was a part of that like beautiful thing for them like she found the love of her life and they're like getting married and it's awesome and and i think that's kind of started that thought process for me whenever i'm nervous before a show so i'm like i have to start the scene and people are here that's having funny. their own that's experience cool. you could have like a hundred different people having like a hundred different things going on and you get to be a part of that yeah that's a pretty interesting way to think about it. Yeah, I've yeah. never thought about it like that before. It's humbling, I think. And it feels like it makes me take it more seriously. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're taking it serious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, like, things get stressful when you make them about yourself too much. <clears throat> you know? like Probably, our, yeah. Like, uh, we were <laughs> had a 
we're with my family and he's like the more whiskey anybody oh i'll take a tiny bit tiny bit just a tiny bit I'll give you a tiny it was really good that's great, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremiah, you good? Uh, you gotta take a little bit. Well, it's a little watered down, anyways. I'll yeah. just flavor the water there a little bit. He was talking to my. I'm gonna I'm gonna take out. I don't want to embarrass anyone. He was talking to a teenager in our lives, <laughs> and one of her relatives. Don't make it weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that we're close to. Yeah. And she was just like having a lot of social anxiety. She was, it was that whole, like, you know, when you're a kid and you're like, if I get up and go to the bathroom, is everybody going to, like, notice me? <laughs> and he was like, dude, like, people are not thinking about you People are thinking much. about themselves. And it sounds harsh, but it's like, when you are, like, you don't take yourself so seriously or you don't make it about yourself so much and you, like, focus on what's happening around you, it makes, just makes life, life yeah, better. Yeah, I, I think I said, hey, I love you and you're really important to my life and I'm not thinking about you. Right, so like I'm not thinking about. people that don't give a shit about you already are thinking about right. you at all? Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Yeah. Hey, hard reality, I love you and I'm not thinking I'm about not you. I'm not thinking yeah, exactly. about like every move that you make yeah. and everything that you're thinking and doing and feeling. Like, hey, I got too much going on in my own head yeah. to be worrying right. about what y- you're, yeah. you going to the bathroom in the middle of a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. might get annoyed at you for five seconds, then I'll be back into the movie thinking about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think it just, with music, it helps to separate yourself from the thing that you make. Like, we put the album out, and now it's out there. And, like, somebody can get out of a really shitty day at work and, like, blast it in their car and be, like, decompress and whatever, mm-hmm. or, you know, listen to it in the car on a date or what, whatever it is, like... You know, there's this kid that we met that's like thir- nine, and he's like learning how to play guitar to our music. Oh, wow. That's so cool. cool. But like, I just, I have to go like, yeah, it's out there. It is a different thing. It's not me. Because when I start to feel like too emotionally connected to the thing that I'm making, it's like painful to like think about who's going to like it and not like it and how are they going to connect to it and like... It's just, it's far too much. You have to realize that it's, it's out there now to do its thing. You made it. You let it go. It's the, your college kid moved out and is going to go get a girlfriend and break her heart and then get another girlfriend and then go get a job and get fired from a job. Like it's, it's, it's your kid, but it's not you. Yeah. You know? Well, like I know, cause like the song, uh, until you're better was like, it's eight minutes long. Damn. And the, and the whole song is... Damn. And there's what, like, is it Stairway to Heaven or something? Well, it, 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 jokingly enough, we, we, we call it our Comfortably Numb. That's our... Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's... As a joke, we're not anywhere, any any way saying we're as good as Pink Floyd, but that's like our that's our eight-minute, like, multiple movements, guitar solos, like mm-hmm. the whole nine thing. Um, but the whole song is about, like, the passing of, like, her best friend. Mm-hmm. Like, th- during... I guess technically it was before COVID. Like... Yeah, yeah. Um... And um, and so that song is like we put like an audio recording of like a voicemail that she left for her when she was like going off of hospice. And, and it's like very clearly like a this is a song. It's a story. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is a song that you listen to and you are actually like you are feeling her in the song. If this is not a. Oh, yeah. I remember when my girlfriend broke up with me. I can relate to this. Song. It's very <laughs> clearly like this is for her. And I remember it was like very important that we got that one right. And then we played it live once and probably will never play it live again unless 
I don't know, unless it's a big deal. I don't know, but but that's the thing is, like, that song felt so self-indulgent for me. And a lot of reasons, like, I didn't push for it that much with the record. The band was like, no, this song is really important to you and, like, your friend. And, like, we need to do this, like, and honor her. And that meant a lot to me. But it was weird for me to put out a song that felt like it was so much for me. And then we played it live. And everyone's like, that song was fucking awesome. And everyone was like, that was my favorite song. I connected to that song the most. And Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, okay. Oh, it's wow. like it's really cool and now we're trapped really, to have to relive this <laughs> it's like okay shit what did i get myself into but it's really cool because you're like i definitely that one was for me like i try to let go after something is out there and i think i'm really in that song and but it is cool when you play it out and you're like people are still making it able to make it their own you know that's, that's cool uh you were talking earlier about um, Lincoln Park, how you liked them first before anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you get upset when other people were like, "No, yeah, that's that's what I mean." Like, yeah, like, isn't that funny? Yeah, I, I. And it's always it's always like bands. I talked to yeah. other. I've talked to other members to bands before where they're like, "Oh, I, I like this group," and then they blew up. And like, "Oh, you're on my." It's like, but isn't that what you want? If yeah. you're big yeah. fans of Lincoln Park yeah. before they blow up, don't you want them to be so well, successful? It's what people are doing with Metallica now. It's like the Metallica fans are like kind of gatekeeping the fact that Stranger Things like blew them up. There's like weird people well, being yeah. weird it's i mean like, i don't know if you can blow you... up metallica anymore oh, right but, exactly you know. but it's like i mean i guess to like research yeah, yeah. yeah kids nowadays are like metallica's awesome are they? apparently yeah. as i've seen people like argue about it because it's like it was on stranger things i don't Master know anything about stranger things okay. right. i know it's a show i've watched like one episode i was yeah. like that ain't for me spoiler yeah. alert for the 10 people that are still haven't finished the show that are watching <laughs> it but like there's a scene in stranger things where this uh, one character in order to distract the bad guy uh so that the kids can sneak in and like take him out plays master of puppets um, and it like distracts all the like minions and the bats to like attack him because of him. But he's like nailing the solo. So it's of just Master an epic song. I'm like playing and, Master of Puppets with like bats yeah. fly in circles but, but around the, him. But the whole like it turned into this like now the kids are listening to Metallica and they're like back on like Spotify's whatever and yeah and like they're still again it's kind of like that Metallica's on Spotify yeah <laughs> yeah Lars lighting up a little bit oh, but like man. but like they're, they're kind of in that same like that 311 sort of thing where like unless you're like a Metallica fan you're not really paying that much attention to like what they're doing right. but like yeah. they yeah. put out a record like two years ago really and, like they're writing another record right now and they're selling out stadiums across they're the world it, yeah. they're still because they want like they don't have to create new music. No, I, I guess know. they really want to. They yeah. really, that really yeah. makes you go. I guess like, it makes sense that they want to. Yeah. I, yeah. It, I mean, if you think about it, it's like a business. They probably have hundreds of people that work for them. Mm-hmm. So it's like right. when they retire, it has to be like they're ready to like kind of. It just changes things yeah, for you, a lot of people. But you hit a certain. I mean, three eleven's probably in the same boat. Like you, you become your own independent economy. Like mm-hmm. you have people that are employed by you. That that is like their full time gig. Is they yeah. just. They work in a warehouse and they load a forklift mm. and put stuff on pallets. But like what they're doing is like 311 shirts or like Metallica mm-hmm. records. Okay. Or, and it's like they they that is they are they work they just have a warehouse job and they're just like a normal fucking dude. But it's like their their company happens to be Metallica that they work mm. for. 311's so like, pre-sale just went on for their 311 cruise. There you go. There you go. So they, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, they you know they're, they're running cruise. Yeah, isn't that cool? You know? And so like the, there's a there's a chef. 
who works on a cruise liner, but he's getting his paycheck from like uh, yeah. some somewhere. It's a you know offshoot of like 311's right. ticket sales. Yeah, you know, and so like when yeah. a band like that finally breaks up, it's like kind of like you're losing your job as just like right. the forklift driver you right. know so it's like if if taylor swift goes i'm done now she has to realize that she's gonna be laying off hundreds of people yeah like yeah. that's i think it, it's like you look at major artists and you're like you have it so good and then you have to think about like the pressure that they must feel being like yeah. you are the product you are the business like you yeah. got to keep it rolling for a lot of people yeah, I would only do it if I wanted to, though. Right, yeah. that's my point. Yeah, yeah. But but I think with Metallica, it's like they do a world tour every year, mm-hmm. like two hundred fucking cities. They and gotta be like, exhausted. How old are they? Well, but you also think like you know they do two hundred cities a year, but thirty years ago they were doing double doubles mm-hmm. a night. You know, yeah. so for them it's like okay, we get weekends off now. That's you know yeah. we're used to doing doing blow and. Two two night two stadiums. Were they tonight. doing blow? Uh, uh, a couple what's of his them. name was yeah. Kirk 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 Hammett was doing blow. I know. Um, my favorite my favorite is they put out a a live uh, movie called um, I got to make sure I say it right. Cunning stunts. That's <laughs> what it was called. Um, and that was so good. right before uh, Reload came out. So it was like basically everything up until Load, um, and it was like three and a half hours. And they're like, it's like a stadium show, but you, I, cause I, I'm kind of obsessive about all the fucking inner workings and backstories of them. But it's like, I look and it was like, oh yeah, they took an intermission right there. Kirk Hammett comes back on stage and he's shredding. Look at his eyes. He just did, <laughs> he did two lines before coming back out here. Like, um, but now, now for them, it's like, oh, this is easy because we just do, you know, four shows a week. And they take of, care of themselves and yeah. probably have people with them helping them yeah. take care IV of themselves. IV drips on their private jets yeah. <laughs> to their, their next I saw program. the same intermission type thing with Buck Cherry. Oh, I'm when, sure. When, when oh cocaine, when that cocaine song came, first came out and they yeah. were touring, I saw them at Dave's Uptown. Not Davey's Uptown, but Uptown, Dave's Uptown Theater. They're on Broadway and... 30 oh up uptown uptown yeah, oh, yeah the yeah, big yeah. nice one yeah yeah, yeah 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 i saw them and they took a little break and then went back and they came back out sweating a little extra yeah. more mm-hmm. just if you're gonna write a song called cocaine you better fucking do cocaine before you do this oh song. yeah that's he just oh he just looked at him you knew he was all, <laughs> the dude was a skinny yeah. little rail yeah. like that not dude's... that i condone that but if you're gonna write a song called cocaine and you're yeah. not taking i don't condone know. it anymore unless you're testing your shit kids let's be safe about oh, it there's yeah. too much fentanyl out there if you're yeah. gonna do it, be safe about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Find a nice father thing. to do it with. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Make him do it first. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. I feel like uh, I'll never do hard drugs. Don't say that. I I won't. Why? Because I like have far. I I have this stupid ambition thing. <laughs> <laughs> where like I I want to get shit I want to like work hard and get shit. Well, let me done tell you something. Cocaine's well, perfect like, for I was you. About to say, <laughs> like, some of these are uh, I also like, here. Uh, like I want to be a good person. <laughs> I don't okay. want to be an asshole. Like I'm afraid of hurting people. So I think I, I have to be careful. But like cocaine would be my it would be the one because I want I like to have the like rush because I because of wanting to do a lot of things yeah you're, you're definitely more of an uppers person and I'm definitely yeah. more of a downers person so because I just want to like get shit done and go 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 and all which of that. is so weird because you are pretty fucking high strung <laughs> I know and so you would think what you would need is like to settle the fuck down settle down I can't honestly like I'm excited 
to you're get young, older. You're young. You're energetic. I'm, you got, you know, got got a whole yeah. music career ahead of you. You need but to be like, like that. I'm, I'm really excited to get older. And I'm like, I'm afraid of it because like I need, I have this, like I need to accomplish things and I'm always afraid that I'm not doing enough. But like, I'm excited to have like better instincts and better gut feelings and like be emotionally smarter. And your brain's probably, you said you're 24, your yeah. brain's just about done developing, yeah. but you still might have another year or two. No, that's yeah. the thing. It's like, sometimes I, I look at my, I look at myself, like if I zoom out and I'm like, this fucking 24 year old is making decisions for our life that are going to affect things forever. God, I can't wait to like, at least, you know, just at least be in my thirties and be like, I have, feel like I have some better intuition she might be the first time i've ever heard uh, a 24 year old woman say she can't wait to be in her 30s i know i just i don't know i've like (laughs) i've i've gone through don't rush it enjoy your 20s because you don't get them again i I mean i try to live like i'm in my 20s still but i realize i'm not sometimes (laughs) it's just a couple you just need add an extra day to your recovery that's basically it's true it's true yeah yeah i just like it's weird because like I've gone through like a lot of big life experiences like really quickly and I think it tricked me into being like I know some things and now I'm like oh but soul. you're still like kind of yeah well I mean I grew and I've had people tell me that so much and it kind of makes you feel like this it makes me feel like this pressure where it's like I need to like know what i'm doing because everyone tells me like i'm an old soul and i've been through shit and whatever but i'm like i don't know what the fuck is going mm-hmm. on and well, i think a lot of it is like i mean quite frankly i don't know like what the fuck am i what am i talking about but like most maturity <laughs> is just making bad decisions and surviving them and it's like coming i mean that's kind that's of like, a wonderful way to put it i mean am i like that that feels right to me like you know like you you make fucked up decisions and 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 from the consequences of those decisions yeah. you go okay that's not the correct way to do things. They don't well, stop I though. Think, they don't I stop when you get older. Still... I'm still making ridiculously <laughs> stupid decisions. But but there there is also a like but not you, as many. I guess you survive them. You survive the somehow. F- yeah, and 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 I think surviving those is like a, a kind of like a marker of maturity. Like yeah, yeah. kind of where you're like, oh kind shit, of. I survived that. Watch yeah. this, baby. I'm gonna yeah, do it yeah. again. But like with with Bell, it's like you know you were. Like you lost a brother when you were young. You lost an uncle when you oh, were shit. young. You, like you, your best friend died a few years ago. There's mm-hmm. a lot of like tra- tragedy things that happened to you, which also like inspired a lot of like your the stuff you write about. Mm-hmm. And so the old soul thing for you is like you're willing to take risks on things because you're like it's not going to be as bad as like yeah. going to my brother's funeral, right? You know what I mean? So it's right. like it's like a fearlessness that I think sometimes can be like confused with maturity, but it's also just like you're not afraid to try shit. But I think it's important that I have to remember. We're just gonna turn this whole thing about just. I'm talking sorry. About I'll it. stop. No. We can go back to talking about fucking Leonard Skinner. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. How often does Freebird get yelled at you guys? Uh, actually, never. Ah, no, I think it happened when we played at Davies. It's got to happen. Some asshole actor's um, got to do it. At Knuckleheads. I think it happened when really? we played at Knuckleheads. Oh. Yeah. I still have not been that there. That makes sense. That was our first show ever. Yeah. yeah. Knuckleheads was our first show. Yeah. Is that a cool venue? Yeah. Yeah. It's like three venues. Okay. 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 Knuckleheads, in my opinion, the layout and the vibe of the venue, it is probably my favorite venue. I hate where it is, though. Is it in the bottoms? It's like... It's like one of those stereotypical, like un- behind the railroad tracks under a bridge, mm-hmm. kind of like like it, it. It feels like like that's what I like about like it. Like if Mad Max was real, 
knuckleheads would be where like the the lord of the of the the dirt bike gang lives. Okay. That's why I like where it is. <laughs> okay, really? Because I'm I've like, never I been. I hear about that. It's so good. Everyone talks read. about knuckleheads. Yeah. It's a it's a fucking awesome scene and a good hang and the and the bands are always great but like you have to like drive out to like you know post World War Three you know post apocalypse town to you know to There's go a there spot that I've seen a couple uh, I guess there were metal punk metal punk type shows uh, farewell transmission oh yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A little do it yourself kind of yeah we've heard of that we haven't played there before. Oh, it's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. It's in the middle of like, what the fuck? There's nothing else around there. It mm. looks like it's just abandoned building after abandoned building. Wow, shitty ass roads to get there. Like you might pop a tire or right. two. Yeah, right. but and you get in there and it's dirty and grungy. But it's cool. Like yeah. they're selling yeah. beer out of a cooler for yeah. donations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They got yeah. a fire, a weird like a barrel on fire in the back to stay warm if you want. Oh. It's it's. I have a buddy that runs that place oh do you yeah interesting okay i it like a lot there's a lot of places like that that remind me of when i was like in high school because i was like a i was a midwest hardcore kid you guys mm-hmm. both from here born and raised around here no i'm from pennsylvania oh okay yeah i'm from ohio so okay yeah. but i've been here since i was like fuck nine. ohio but go yeah on. fuck <laughs> fuck ohio, by the way. ohio yeah i've been here since i was like nine Pennsylvania is a much more beautiful place <laughs> to live i went uh i went to cedar point once and i stopped there in the middle of nowhere just to piss on Ohio. Yeah. Do you know why? Because <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm from Michigan. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. You know what? That's Michigan, fair. We, I've spent Go a lot blue. of time in Michigan. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I understand. Um, but I, so like growing up being like a, like a hardcore kid, you know, going, like there were a couple venues that we, you, they were like around the Dayton area that was like, literally it was an abandoned dog food warehouse. Oh, cool. And so you'd go in, you'd go in and get the shit kicked out of you at a hardcore show and it would just smell like kibble in the in yeah. the air. But there'd be like fifty kids like at like a hardcore show and like, I feel that's like where the I'm same from, way about like that. record stores. So like when I was a teenager, um my dad and I would like six years ago. Yeah, I know. I was I was gonna make the joke. I was gonna make the joke, but I was letting you guys let you guys to have that one. Uh we would have like every few months we would go out and we would like go to every record store in the city and there were at the time like so many grungy record stores that aren't around anymore and it's like i just and i love the record stores we have now i love mills i love josie's everything but seventh heaven i yeah i just like some of like they're just so clean now and like (laughs) there's something about it that's like not the same experience like i like when i used to go record store record shopping with my dad it was like I'd be like covered in dust and there was always like a dog or a couple cats like there <laughs> and like someone smoking and you go home and it's like, I'm going to take a shower, you know? And something about that experience, like I just loved be feeling like I was, I was like digging for treasure and now it's like, everything is so pristine and beautiful and clean and that's fine. And it's great. And we're growing, <clears throat> but I do miss like, there's still a couple that are like that. Have you been to seventh heaven on Troost? I think so. Probably. It's like the one of the state Kansas. It's a Kansas City staple, in my yeah. opinion. I have a hard time remembering the names because whenever I go, I will go so, to yeah. like six. I'll okay. go to all of them, and then I'll forget which ones I got where. And I would, that. you know, quote unquote, it's in the hood. Yeah, it's on Troost, um, and it's. It, I'd say it's a little bit cleaner now, but it used to be like a head shop, sex shop, record mm-hmm. shop. 
uh, furniture, bean bags, all lava lamps. You could buy all that shit. And it had like multiple levels. But now the upstairs mainly a record store and it's still a record store and it's pretty clean. And then, but you go downstairs and it's grungy and mm-hmm. you can rent it I out. I think and play we've actually been there. there before. Really? Yeah, okay. I think we've been there before. It's, it'd be a dope place for a, for a, I'll, a rock we'll show for sure. It could be fun. And, it, and it's, yeah. it'd be pretty easy to get hooked up there too. Like they're yeah. super ex- like uh, accessible. There. Yeah. Yeah. I just like spots like that. I like where, wherever you are, it's the same thing I was saying about like the artist that I like the character. Like, mm-hmm. I just like to feel immersed in whatever the thing is, where I'm like in a place or listening to music. I just like it when you feel like you're in the experience or whatever. Is that would you say that's kind of what you're wanting to go for with the band is actually more like a whole sort of like experience? Yeah, I think like so many of our like photo shoots and everything are very like conceptual. There's always like a theme and a like I I want there to feel like there's a story behind stuff and yeah. What are you guys doing for marketing to like kind of get yourself out there and so you can start doing more tours and going yeah. your your three hour I radius? Mean, it's it's social media and dude, social media fucking blows. Like I can't I don't <laughs> know. Maybe I'm me. just it, it almost hard. makes me want to quit the podcast. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I don't know if I like maybe this is what happens when you like make that that transition into like, oh, I'm like a, a, a grown up now or whatever, but it's like it's so hard for me to like stay It's hard that though. Kind of it's hard having to make shit for the shit that you're making. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. One hundred. I just want to make it was it's hard enough to produce a podcast to make a podcast. And now you had to go fucking make a TikTok I'm, about it. I'm not a marketer. Yeah. I don't know how to do that shit. I'm yeah. good at podcasting. I like podcasting. That's all I want to do. And that's yeah. probably why this show isn't bigger than it probably could be. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm just having a good time. Yeah. Right. I mean, but I haven't like, posted on Instagram in like two weeks. I did right. a few stories when I was on vacation just now, but that's it. It's like, it's just so, it's yeah. just a fucking grind. It's because what pulls people in is a fucking 30 second clip of your podcast on mm-hmm. Reels or on TikTok. Yeah. And that's all good and great and everything, but it's also a lot of work. Yeah, most, go through and make most of the stuff. social stuff is pretty much totally headed up by you. And that's yeah. basically just because none of the rest of us ha- like want to do it. Well, it's not even like part of it is want to do it, but it's also yeah. like we don't care enough to be interested enough. Yeah. Which maybe but that's, that's the weird thing. You kind of have to like right. this day and age to blow you yourself up. To. Like the people I talk to, like you have to be consistent on these social media, like every day, multiple times mm-hmm. a day. Sometimes you got to just constantly keep people engaged. Because they're gonna forget about you. You do a good job with it, though. I like you do a really good job with it. I feel like I, I feel like I, I see your at least I see your stories and stuff popping up. Like if you are at least showing up on people's feeds and reminding them that you exist, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it is. Is just like you know, you're just sneaking your way into people's brains. So we we've we've talked about this a lot. You and I have. What? How do we define what? success is Mm -hmm. as a band like Mm -hmm. how do we know when we are successful and for us it's essentially we don't have to have day jobs anymore yeah Yeah. that's the bare minimum for us if we made the money that we make right now and like which we're just we're having jobs fine right like but just on music like i don't it's that's that's what it is it's like can we just make music and make enough money to like pay our bills so i'm saying that to like if we if we made enough money as a as an act or a band or whatever whatever to where we just had a pr team 
that just did, yeah. did it. Just what? Well, yeah. You, know? you don't even need a whole team, really. Yeah. You, just, just you can hire person. some young person. young kid that's yeah. social savvy, social yeah. media mm-hmm. savvy is what you really got to find. Yeah. Yeah. And that would kind of be it. Some kid to like take your episodes and cut them up into 15 second clips and post. I know. Trust me. I think about it all the time, but I don't Man. have that. I just I don't have the drive. Ring. I yeah. wish I did. Like you got to find an intern. I've thought about that. I've been saying that for two years. I should just get an intern and get them in here. Just somebody to push buttons and yeah. it's like, you know, it's like, hey, you yeah. can promote yourself and maybe use this to get a job yeah. on another podcast yeah, or whatever. And you just experience. have like an intern. Yeah. How many times have we heard that as a band? It's a show for experience. Oh, yeah. Exposure. For exposure. Exposure. exposure yeah. 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 And that's uh, for us too. The other, what? the other frustration is like we, where's the cutoff between uh, you take yourself seriously and then you just take the fucking gigs. Because, yeah. like, Bell mm-hmm. Bell and John in particular have the mindset of, like, a gig is a gig is a gig, no right. matter what. Yeah. And then the rest of us, um, I don't know where it comes from, but are kind of like, is this going to be suitable for us? Is there kind of going to be – we have, like, a – we have sort of like a – Standard? I don't know if a standard <laughs> – standard might – sounds too aggressive, but it's right. basically – there's a curve of, like, the shittier, quote, unquote, that the gig is – the the incentive has to be more financial to offset, mm-hmm. but if it's like a fucking awesome gig, we'll do it for free. Like, so <laughs> you know what for I mean? example, like you know, Replay Lounge in Lawrence. I know of it, but okay. I've never been there. It's a pretty small I menu. I love that place. We probably make more money there any out of any time we play at Record Bar, and I love both these venues so much. But re- something about like. Because it's in Lawrence and it's good foot traffic and college kids always go in and out of there. We'll play on a stage where we're tripping over each other when there's also the benefit of like we know it's going to pack out. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, we play a nice, like bigger, nicer venue like Record Bar and maybe there's not as many people there, but we're like able to put on like a fucking awesome yeah, show. Yeah, like we, we have, have a lighting place is cool. Rig. So like bar is cool. the yeah. thing, you know, the scales, it all weighs out. Whether it's like, are we playing in a venue that's like small and hard for us to play in, but we're bringing people in, or are we playing with a nicer venue where we can put on a big show? Like things have to kind of like weigh out versus like yeah. the money that we're making or the experience that we're having. Okay. But the frustration, oftentimes, like is will be like Bell's like, hey fucking john's titty bar booked us to play this thing <laughs> and there's no sound system and we're gonna show up like we're booking it it's a gig and the rest of us are like i have to take off work to mm-hmm. lose money yeah and, and but it's also like well people might hear you so yeah. like maybe it's a good idea but and so there's it's a constant like like we're trying to be a small business basically yeah. and yep. that's like in order to make it without being on a label like that's kind of how you have to look at it yeah always. there's a point where you do like it's hard but like you do have to go like we have to be getting something out of this. Maybe it's not money. Maybe we're just getting a lot more in front of a lot more people. Yeah. But like we have to be getting something out of this. That is hard for me because I'm just like, go, she's go, like go 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 she's go like, go. I want to play the show all the time and yeah. yeah yeah. Well, I mean, if you're passionate about it, you want to, but you you do have to have another side of you that's like, all right, is it beneficial? And how beneficial is it worth the cost of? Yeah. What you're getting out of it for sure. Which yeah. to go back to your earlier point is like you would probably do really well as like a solo singer songwriter because she would, mm-hmm. she doesn't have to worry about other people being like, is this good for the brand? Or yeah. <laughs> You know, you mm-hmm. could go, you could perform like anywhere mm-hmm. and be like, it'd be set, but also you'd probably burn yourself out. Yeah. I'd be really, really depressed. Yeah. <laughs> I think for us, like the move needs to be 
do like what's the next we're kind of at that level i don't i don't want to sound arrogant but like we're kind of at that level where it's like do we look for like a management or do we look mm-hmm. for like you know it's like hey we've proven to ourselves that like when the world collapses we make a record a, a high quality self-funded produced record like do we need to like find like a label or what i don't even know what the terms are anymore because it's everything's so different mm-hmm. now. yeah um or like how do you like what's the kind of like the next step and then i guess for us it's like we're just gonna go on the road now and figure out if we can do it you know Mm -hmm. we've kind of this whole thing has been figure out if we can do it you know seems like you're doing it yeah yeah how did you guys find out about me because you just somebody hit me up was like hey it was me yeah uh i just i feel like everybody like knows about your podcast like it feels pretty big in the city wow I so we actually we have a podcast as well, but we've taken a bit of a break on it just because we got so busy with the band. So I like with that have researched mm-hmm. like other local podcast, just kind of getting connected and everything. So mm-hmm. I don't remember. I feel like I must have known somebody that came on here, some other musician. Okay, I'll have to look back and see who it was. Yeah, that'd be cool. I like. I mean. I feel like you're all over the place. <laughs> I mean, that's my well, perception. That's, uh, the, I'll take is, that as a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I think I'm trying to be. Yeah. Like I, I tried to stick, like not stick in one lane. Like I'm, you know, last, uh, the episode that I, if I can get off my lazy ass and get out mm-hmm. tomorrow is a dude that's, uh, sometimes science. Oh, God damn it. I don't know. He's an ADD, ADHD yeah. experts, fucking neuroscientist. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my last episode was Slim Fast from 96.5 The yeah. Buzz. Like, yeah. uh, rappers on, artists on, chefs on. Yeah, yeah. I'm all over yeah. the place. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got like the pitch has been backing you quite a bit. I saw that. And you did Boulevardia. You're doing shit. I guess I yeah. am. Just a bunch of people telling me. I mean, each when I reached out, I, I had a moment where I was like, I was like, I don't know if he'll respond. I feel like he's doing shit. I don't know if he's going to want us to be on. I almost didn't. Not for any against you guys or anything i've just been i've kind of uh, honestly i've kind of hit a wall with my podcast lately like i want to keep doing it but also there's a little there's always a little little guy in the back of my head just like ah you're done just stop doing it but why do you think that is what is it that you feel like is making you feel like it needs to be over (sighs) Ooh. Oh man, I don't know. It's a lot of different things. It's maybe not feeling like I'm getting as much traction as I thought I would, but then I'm also battling with I don't really care about that because I I've only started this thing. Basically, <laughs> I started a podcast basically for my mental health. Like yeah. I was like, is it cheaper than therapy? Is it? I don't know because <laughs> I do need therapy like yeah. a motherfucker. Uh, you have no idea. You have no well, fucking idea. I'm yeah. But I was very I was depressed. I was. I was suicidal um, and I just needed something to get my mind off of all the bad shit. And I was just like, I, I, I love podcasts. I want to be a podcaster. Mm-hmm. And so it was just that. And I was like, I don't care how many people listen or don't listen. It's just for me. Mm-hmm. But then after four years, you're like, it would be cool if like, yeah, people, I could stop them. doing my job and yeah, I, uh, you know, but I run into this often with a couple of my friends. So, like, recently I've I've started to dip my toe into what's called uh, sync licensing, which is essentially 
you write jingles for commercials. Okay. Or you write like you know background music for like a YouTube ad or stuff like that. And uh, I I uh, I cut an EP with one of my buddies that like got picked up by some like German advertising company or oh. some shit. But it's like you sign you sign a contract as advertising company. I've mm-hmm. seen not a single dime for it because it's like they ha- they pitch your music to get picked up and then yeah. you get like residual okay. for it or whatever. But so it's like I can say on paper it's like I'm a professional singleizer, but it's like I haven't seen fucking shit. But but he and I always go back and forth on this like what do you want to do? And just like do what you want to do, and if 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 the residual that you get from it is what you're looking for, then you're not going to be fulfilled in like. Yeah. So what I mean is like, like we want to be a band, and like what we are, like we perform all the mm-hmm. time. We play shows like at least once a month. We're writing records. We're doing all that stuff. It's like, is that enough? It's like, right. is if if it's not enough, what is it that is holding you back? And it's kind of the same thing with like podcasting because like. I've done a podcast, you've done a podcast, now we do one together, we put a hiatus because of the record, and it's, but it's like, do we, like, are we podcasters? Are you a podcaster? Because if you are, then just be a podcaster and mm-hmm. don't think about, yeah. you know, yeah. you're already, well, you're you're already doing it. you're fucking biggest podcast in the city. Like, I thought you, you I was like, he's fucking big shit, you know? Mm. Like, like, we thought and, you weren't going to want to have do a podcast yeah. with us. Like, uh, I'll have a podcast with almost anybody. <laughs> I, I, I just love doing it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's why you do it. Yeah. It's like, we gauge, we have an expectation. Everybody has their own expectation of like what success is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that fucks things up. Right. Because it's like, maybe success for the podcast is that you're happy. Mm-hmm. Is that you have a good time meeting people and talking to well, people. Well, that is the thing. Like, I, I struggle with it. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm going to do it. And then I, every time I do it, I'm like, why was I worried about it? Yeah. Like, I loved yeah. it. This is so no, goddamn fun. Yeah. That, it's yeah. so fun. Like, I just get yeah. fucked up and have a good time most of the time. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's yeah. basically being in a band. Yeah. Is the same thing. <laughs> I mean, it's literally that. It's, yeah. You know, there's, there's, there, there is a little bit of a grind, but it's also like the more, the more that the grind just becomes routine the less it feels like a grind to do. And then it just becomes like a part of your life. And so we constantly are like, like, how do we know when we've like, quote unquote, made it? And like, for us, it's, for us, it's... When you can tell your boss, fuck you, take a (laughs) shit on his desk and walk out the door. Well, yeah, I mean, (laughs) like, it's it's getting to the point where it's like, hey, we can quit our jobs. Yeah. And even if it's, we quit our jobs and we're making minimum wage, like... We're like I'm a millennial. Like right. I've only ever made minimum wage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I've only ever. I used paid to my make. Rent. I used to make great money till I got divorced. Now it all goes <laughs> to that bitch. Well, there you go. But like, like th- there's a maturity. You're learning, learning, okay. taking, making consequences and learning. And yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, don't but, get married. But, <laughs> but like, <laughs> okay. but there's don't. a, uh, like that that for for I feel like for most people that that is what the cutoff is. You, you don't have to dedicate so much of your time that you have a limited amount of to something that you don't care about so then you can make money to then invest into the thing that you actually care about but you don't have enough time to put as much investment into it as you want mm-hmm. because you've spent so much of your time trying to get the funds for the thing that you want to do oh yeah and so like but also like just keep doing whatever the thing is and then eventually what if you don't like i don't know how many times i've heard this on on interviews and stuff where bands are like yeah we made it because we just stayed around longer than other people yeah because you just don't stop that's, that's my that's my secret. that's kind of what i'm going for like a long time ago um i don't know how 
familiar you are with with different podcasts that are out there, but I'm sure you've heard of Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a big influence on my podcast and even the studio. This mm-hmm. studio is like the poor man's version of one of his first studios. Mm-hmm. And one of the first one of the things he says is when people ask him, "What do I do to be a successful podcaster?" Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, "You just got to do it for like six years." Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm hoping. I got two more years to go, and then if that yeah. shit isn't like, yeah. I'm yeah. not on billboards in LA. I'm hanging this bitch. It's up. well. It's even the same thing with like the band though. Like when our when our record came out, it was like okay, we sent it. We, there's a website for other bands that are listening called Submit Hub. That's a big fucking deal for rap artists like whoever. Yeah. Like well, big deal in the sense of like you. It is a helpful tool. Yeah. In marketing, you mm-hmm. you actually send your songs or your records out to quote unquote influencers or advertising companies or whatever and you pay a certain amount of money for it and then if they uh, they like your music they will put it on you know like the big thing i guess now is like tiktoks and reels and stuff Mm -hmm. and so like we're like kind of quote unquote like blowing up in japan oh cool because there's like tiktok videos where they'll just be like hey i really like your song i'm gonna put it on my tiktok and it's like i'm just making like uh, opening up like toys yeah. or like making like, unboxing. It's like yeah. 10 million yeah. people will watch it and because okay. they like the song on it. Yeah. And then you're like, uh, and so it's like a huge tool for like independent artists is you just, it's like, what is it like a couple bucks per submission yeah. or something like that? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's like stuff like that where you just like, that's, we got serious and then we just started doing that. And then, and then it's like, like Brazil, like a bunch of yeah. people listen to our music in Brazil. For any independent you know? artists that are listening to, Muso Soup is a website. That Miso. Is, Miso. No. Muso? Miso? I don't know. M-I-S-O? Google it and you'll figure Miso. it out. Miso. Yeah. Um, Miso Horny. <laughs> <laughs> it's much better than Submit Hub. That is my new. I mean, I s- still use Submit Hub sometimes. I'm just saying that out there for anybody. I've been telling a lot help. of the rap artists that I'm friendly with, like, dude, you got to make something that you think can pop on TikTok. Because yeah. if you can just make like a quick little yeah. 30 second that's just catchy mm-hmm. and out there for something kind of specific and it gets picked up, mm-hmm. boom. Like yeah. You can blow up that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the other Look thing- at Young Gravy. You heard of Young Gravy? Oh, yeah. 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 I never knew about that dude till TikTok and, you oh, know, mm-hmm. Young Gravy. So of- delicious. So rich. <laughs> whatever the hell it is. But. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite bands currently is called All Them Witches. Okay. Probably never heard of them. Nope. Most people haven't. They- they got picked up by Netflix to do the the end montage of an episode of a show called Dark, which I don't know if you ever heard of Dark. Heard of Dark. It's a really either. good fucking show. You should watch it. It's, it's amazing. It's Stranger Things for grownups. So. It really <laughs> is. Yeah. Um, and but one of the the ending of one of the episodes was one of their tracks, and it was like that song's really good. Who's that band? And now they're like Blow signed up. and touring nice. and the whole thing. And it was literally just because they submitted their song to some agency and they put it on yeah. like a. You know, that's that's the thing with all of this shit, with, with, with rappers, with musicians, with probably podcasts and anything else. A lot of it is you can have all the talent in the world and be good at what you do, but there is still a certain aspect of luck yeah. involved. Just the right person, it just happen, yeah. it happens to happen, listen to it. Yeah, yeah. And the thing kinda, that just, increases your luck is you sending more and more submissions right. and yeah. emails. It's like, yeah, it is probably, you know, pretty lucky when one of those people actually responds to you, but it's probably because you emailed, you know, I always tell Jared, like whenever I'm promoting 
a new release, I have to look at it as I'm sending a hundred emails to one person. Yeah. Like <laughs> I'm sending a hundred emails to a hundred different people, but I'm expecting one person to go. Fuck. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's just the expectation. But what if you did just send, you had me thinking like, what if I just started sending like, clips to one person a hundred times a hundred times like every day i mean sometimes that works too they'll either be like fuck off or they'll be like all right i'm gonna finally watch this thing yeah but so what i was gonna say because i lost my train of thought was that the like the the lie that people believe that you blew up overnight Oh yeah, such fucking bullshit. Oh yeah, Yeah, yeah. like you got like because there is a part of it that is luck but there is a part of it that's like well, luck is when preparation meets skill or something like that. Yeah. 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 It, it, um, there was an interview. It was actually, I think it was actually on a Rogan episode where he was talking to Rob Zombie. Then it was like White Zombie, which was his band before. Rob right, Zombie. right, right. Like, he's like, Drag you love. He's like, he's like, the only reason we made it is just because all the other bands that we played with quit before we did. Mm-hmm. Was, there was no one else around by the time it got to us because everyone else who toughed it out as long as we did gave up Mm -hmm. and and it was like and he was saying like that's basically what it is and then people go oh they blew up overnight he's like motherfucker we were on the road for like five years playing shitty gigs gigs. like there's a video i saw the other day on reddit that was like dave matthews playing at a record store or at a plane at a blockbuster Oh and shit! It was like, it Kids, was like if you don't know people. what a blockbuster is, that's a place where we go to on Friday night, rent VHS videos, oh, yeah. and get ourselves a Domino's. And if pizza. you were in the right part of town, you could go behind the curtain at the blockbuster and get the real. Yeah, the block. I don't know if blockbuster had. I might that. be thinking of family, family video. video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but 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 it was like six months after that performance was when. Uh, then he made it big and everyone's like overnight success. It was like, no, he was, it was like years of him doing fucking the blockbuster yeah, gigs. Doing shitty and stuff. it's like, yeah, you get lucky, but you also, you also have oh, the ability. You also have the ability to play the odds because every handshake could be the handshake. Mm-hmm. And the more handshakes you get, the less of a percentage of, or the more of a percentage of that being a valuable one that you make. Yeah. Um, and it's really just like, be nice be nice to everyone that doesn't mean like let people treat you like shit but like there have been so many times where i'm like you know i'm talking to somebody at venue and i don't know that they have whatever they own another big venue where they run this festival whatever the thing is or and they're rich and just want to pay us yeah nice. and it's like well i'm fucking glad that i was nice to that person and mm-hmm. didn't just think that they were like some rando like not that i would be mean but it's like just just fucking be nice because you don't know who anyone is like just be willing yeah. to like and, and I even have if to you're not a musician or anything just be nice yeah in yeah being being <laughs> nice, be nice it's so much easier i and, and i tell this to the band all the time it's not it might be easier for you but for some people it's not easy <laughs> trust two, me <laughs> the, the two easiest things to do that are like i don't know where the negative stigma comes behind it but it's like be nice and be sincere yeah. Like if you yeah. if you if you tell people the truth, you don't have to fucking remember what you told people. Oh, 100 percent. And it's like that's just an easier way to live. And if you're nice, oh, yeah. if you're nice to people, people just think you're nice. And like you can be a selfish fucking Patrick Bateman asshole. But if you just are honest and you are just nice to people, you mm-hmm. actually will be you actually will be better in your life because you don't have to remember what personality type you were when right. you talked to this person. <laughs> Which hat did I put on? Yeah, or, or like what yeah. story did I give them and I have to go through my Rolodex of fucking lies to remember so I can keep my story straight. If you're just always honest and if you're always nice, 
like you just will be and and it's like there doesn't have to be a moral like because god will be mad if you <laughs> if you lie it's like if you're if your life is just easier that way if you just like do that i do think though like you say like being nice isn't easy like i think that sometimes the perception of what nice is is like people think that means like you have to like appease okay and i think like to me like kindness is more than just like not being mean like because i think it's kindness to go hey i'm not interested in playing with your band and it's because i was really uncomfortable around you guys because you didn't you don't show up on time you don't respond to your messages i wish you all the best like i think that's kindness than to just like be like hey yeah i'm just not interested but like i mean i'm just not, not interested you- right now but maybe call me later when right, you have no, no that's intention what I mean. yeah, yeah where it's like that fa- be that's fake that's <clears throat> yeah. not kindness oh, yeah. i think there's so much of when people think like be kind be nice where they just go like appease and do what people want and like that's not real anybody else i know you guys i, I think i'm you okay. know what do <laughs> you want to drive yeah okay I'm gonna yeah. drive us to Five Guys after this. Yeah, okay. I didn't even plan on but drinking today. I've, I was on vacation and I had almost <laughs> nothing to drink the entire so week. We were, uh, we were, because I got more too if you need. I don't, I don't know if I, obviously you can edit this out, but like we had. To, I'm not going to. It's okay. too much work. Okay, we because uh, <laughs> we were supposed That's to, we were supposed to come on uh, last weekend. Yeah, I meant to got, apologize, but uh, we well, just the, the point is, was like we actually forgot because like there's other shit booked. Like no offense, but like there's just shit booked, and so. We were like, yeah, we'll book it for next weekend. And then we went to a block party last night because I'm like, I'm really good friends with the guys that own um, Definitive Tattoo Gallery. It's on 39th and Main. Um, by the way, you know. Wait a Amazing. Good guys. 39th and, oh, I'm thinking 39th and Broadway. That's yeah. uh, Burt Grimm's place. Mm. Yeah. 39th and Main, Definitive Tattoo Gallery. Shameless plug for the people watching on the cameras. Like all of my artwork is done by an artist Most that's there. Really? Everything. I can't stop looking at your right arm. I love your right yeah, arm. Yeah. Every, In fact, this whole time, real talk, I've been like, I wish you'd shave his arm. That hair is distracting I get that me. I, know. I have hair <laughs> in all so the great. places except for See, where I want it, which is. Oh, no. <laughs> to me, that's kindness. Yeah. But, but I, uh, but I, um, so we went to a block party for them last night. It was their like client appreciation block party. So it's like every everybody that's ever had work done or whatever. And I I used to work there, and I'm like really like best friends with one of the artists, and I'm like really good friends with all the guys there. Dope. And I got fucking hammered la- yesterday. You can say I had free booze. And and to that's... the to the point where Bell texts you and goes, "Hey, can we push it till two?" And didn't tell me that <laughs> that it got pushed back, and it's like totally my fault. But then I woke up this morning and was like, we're going on a podcast. She's like, I, I pushed it back till later. Like, and I was like, she's hungover. And I'm like, you know. Well, it worked out perfect because I had a hell of, I flew back from my vacation last night with my two kids. And it was, it was a late night. I didn't, yeah. we didn't, I don't need to bore you all with all this details, but I didn't get back till 2 a.m. Uh. And then I went. I wanted to finish my movie I was watching on the <laughs> flight. So I watched, I put my kids to bed out clearly and then watched the rest of that. And then I didn't go to bed yeah. till like 3.30 or 4. Yeah. So yeah, it we would have showed up at 12 if we had it. Cause yeah. I don't want to, I'm not a flake, but, but yeah, I was like, we'll be better if, if this will be better if we can do it. at two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think like, for me, like I am like I want to please people and I realized how much that can actually be really selfish 
which is deceptive because it's like you must I'm be trying. learning that shit in therapy or something. I yeah, four years. It's that old soul thing I was that we were talking about. Um, but a lot of the times, like it can be actually really selfish and unkind to just constantly be trying to like give people what they want because well, it's you, unkind to yourself. Yeah, yeah. And then you end up like faking it, mm-hmm. and nobody really knows you. And then people feel like they have like a false connection to you and you've sold them something you don't have and you can't follow through and all of that shit that ends up coming out of it. And it's like, it's just so much easier to just go like, this is where I'm at. This Mm -hmm. is what I have to offer. And if that's something that's interesting to you, awesome. If not, like, peace out. Good luck. Hope you have a great time doing whatever you're doing. So like quick quick story so and i'm gonna omit names like we got asked by they're they're, we're kind of at the point as a band where we're sort of like shopping around we're like local like promoters or you know labels or things like that like trying to figure out what the next step is and we we got a couple offers um to do some stuff with like different sort of like label slash management companies and stuff like that do your homework yeah 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 well yes (laughs) <laughs> yes continuing with that, in mind, <laughs> with that we had we there were a couple offers that we had that we were a little bit um there was a there was a a little bit of a rift in the band of whether or not the opportunity was worth it mm-hmm. because of the hey if we do this then it's going to show so and so that we're serious about wanting to do this and then maybe because because there i'm not i'm not mm-hmm. against paying dues and eating shit to to you know being initiated into like the better opportunities like that's you know i'm i'm totally fine with you know i I went to college like i know what frats are like like you know i was willing to do whatever i had to do to, to earn things but so there were a couple offers that we actually had to turn down that were there was a little bit of a conflict because i was like if we turn these down we might miss out on other opportunities because maybe the reasoning that they are giving us these is because they want to see if we're willing to do it. And if they're willing, if we're willing to do it, then they'll ask us to do other things that are a bigger deal. Mm -hmm. And we had other guys in the band that were just basically like, Hey, if we do that, it's actually going to make us look worse because Mm -hmm. we will have to be less than what we are as a band because the event that we're playing at or the other bands that we're booked with or the type of venue or whatever the reason is like, we would have to, it's play not, different sound different yeah it's not so okay, much a matter of like we're better than this it's like that's just not us like if we were to do that we would be having to put on a like we would be not being bell in the vertigo waves which isn't good marketing or branding right. it just we're just shooting ourselves in the foot because then we're going to get asked to do 10 other things like that and we're going to get pigeonholed yeah. into yeah. which was something we just not who we are we really struggled with that when we first formed the band because based off of your first record and like all of your experience you had doing like singer songwriter stuff our first like year as a band we were booked on like indie singer songwriter shows and it would be like packed out room acoustic guitar you know string section or whatever the fuck like a totally different sound and not knocking those bands but then we'd go on stage and guitar squeal and solo and scream and jump around and stuff Mm -hmm. and it was like actually like it took like a good year and a half probably to get out of that sort of like, well, yeah. And it's, again, it's not like we're better or worse. It's just like, we aren't this. And like, we're not doing a service to the, like we want to, 
be supporting the other bands that we're playing with. Right. And if we're playing mm. with other bands who sound nothing like us, it just starts to feel like, I mean... I to, throw up there with a banjo and a bongo. Right. Mm. It's like, we're just basically like... By the way... I mean, to put it to put a it banjo crudely, and a bongo would be kind of cool. <laughs> like, we're basically... We thought about a harp, actually. Just, like, raping their audience's ears. Right. Like, they didn't come right, here for right. this. Like, they didn't come here for this. It's not helping us. It's not helping them. And... So I think for me, it was hard to get my head around that because at first I was like, are you saying that we're better than them or what? Like, it just felt like that to me where it's like, don't think that we're too good just different. to whatever. It's like, yeah, we're it's just, just different. Like, I would never want to watch a Stallone movie where he's like in a romantic comedy. Yeah. You know, it's that same idea. Like, like you expect that if Stallone's in a movie, it's going to be like, you know I could get? see him in a romantic comedy, well, but it would be a risk. Yeah, you know, like I want to see him blow shit up. Yeah, it's right. The same for us. Like, I, like if I'm going to see a romantic comedy and there's like, like you could Rambo see, the love story. Right. <laughs> well, that would that would be like us playing. If Rambo's being Rambo, it's gonna be weird. When Rambo yeah. met Sally. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Well, I mean, I guess Sleepless Stallone. In Seattle, and it's like Rambo. Stallone being in a like rom com, I guess it's like it could work. It would be like if we played a festival where it's like there's all different types of bands. There you and go. And this makes sense. You could do yeah. a festival. But like we're not going to go play a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Unless it's a hardcore fucking coffee shop They're where everything's hit, black on black. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're right. But and that's so there there have been times where we have had to be like, hey, a gig is a gig is a gig. But if we play this, it's actually going to hurt us more. Then it's gonna help us because. But how punk rock would that be to go into a soft spoken? Mm, we do before. yeah, and then just rip the uh, just rip the doors off before. that place. We've done it before. And maybe you get Ooh. one person that's like, "Oh shit, that was so yeah. punk we, rock." Okay, again, <laughs> it's usually not, sound text. Sound yeah. sound guys are like, "Fuck, you guys are awesome," and the fans yeah. are like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> not not naming names or anything, because again, it was just not a good fit. No hard feelings to anybody, but we played at a venue that basically like looked like a museum, and. We rolled in there, fucking, I was in Dressed leather in pants yeah. and fucking five amps, and we went to Town Topic beforehand and, like, shoveled down burgers on our way and just, like, got on, oh, my God, that was the biggest. Shout out to Town Topic. Oh, man. my God, but never, Town Topic, much like drinking, it's for after shows, not oh, before yeah. shows, because I fucking thought I was going to shit my leather <laughs> pants. <laughs> On stage, not even, it wasn't even a stage, in front of a bunch of, like, people literally sitting in chairs that were there to, like, listen to, like, a choir. Like, they showed up to basically listen to, it felt like they wanted to listen to, like, a choir or, like, nice jazz music or something. Who was that guy? Who was the guy that did that? That threw the shit on people and pissed on, who was that guy? God damn it, people shit on his grave now. Like, literally go shit on his grave. Like an artist? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. He's very... Very famous. Oh, my God. He's dead now. I was going to say dead. I'm not sure. Yeah, you're probably thinking of Guar. Yeah, well. <laughs> He's thinking, oh, my gosh. Who was that guy? G- Getty? No, not. Uh, God damn it. Eh, you know, it slips on the line right there. There's a guy like that that would throw shit on people, piss on people. Oh, my God. Th- blood on people, whatever. It's a real piece of shit, too. He's a real piece of shit. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's how we He felt. had a weird name. That's what we felt like. We felt like a dinosaur walked into, like, a china shop. Like, a like an antique store. But you guys aren't, like, don't take this one way or another, but you guys aren't, like, punk like that, where you're like, yeah. 
Oh, fuck just, you guys. We're going to do this. No, well, we never want to play a show and be not and be different than how we are. Yeah. For right. sure, but the but so sometimes it's just like we go into a show and just be ourselves and we feel like we're rude or abrasive yeah. but but we're not like fuck you and whatever but you want to be in it with the crowd that's the thing when the crowd is like what the fuck is happening kind of ruins it it's like if we're playing at a super nice venue like nice meaning like if we're playing at Nelson a venue Atkins that's meant for, yeah 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 <laughs> but there happens to be a crowd there of people who are like fuck yeah let's rage it's like that's awesome but if we're sitting it's like people are in lawn chairs and they're wearing like their Sunday clothes. Or BB's lawn side like, or something. Yeah, I'm just that. like, they, what? What are we doing here? Yeah. 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 We did a, what was that documentary like that we, we filmed for? There's a, well, I don't know how much of this is. There is a documentary currently being filmed right now, being vague, that is about the Kansas City music scene. Still very vague. Okay, very vague. Bye. And it is about the Kansas City rock scene. Mm-hmm. Okay. And one of the things that that I talked about in the documentary was um what I like about Kansas City music personally is that it's the it's I think it was something I was way more profound at the time but it was something like the music of orphans in that Kansas City used to be fucking the place to be for music. Um you know, it was like the Charlie pro- Parker's day prohibition, you know, the jazz and like all yeah. that stuff. And then there was kind of like an offset of like it was kind of around the Seattle grunge era is when everything kind of went sort of shifted away from Kansas City. And there were a lot of like really good musicians that were in Kansas City that were kind of like orphaned. And so now what you have is this sort of like hodgepodge of musicians here that are orphans. I mean, I keep using that word. Um, I've lost my train of thought. I'm I'm little buzz well i don't know where I'm i think that. that what you are trying to get at and that is that like there is in a way a place for everyone here yeah but in that you have to make sure that you're in your spot because you can very easily okay. get booked somewhere where it's like this is not our place it's nice that there's the diversity that's the thing that's the great thing about kansas it's city awesome. is there is so much diverse yeah. Yeah. cultures to, and music in, in in this city yeah. yeah yeah it just means that you can't book just any venue sure you have to like you were saying earlier you can't book yourselves you. at green lady lounge yes. that ain't gonna work yeah 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 and it's like the hip-hop scene here is fucking awesome and like the indie scene here is fucking awesome but like we're kind of like in this weird like i mean half of your band is like 90s metalheads mm-hmm. and so like trying to find especially now that like riot room got wrecked because of all that shit over <laughs> that happened over there it's like we're there's a lot of places where like we don't well they like, were wrecked before the fire truck hit the building anyway yeah 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 i mean just the that was yeah. just sealing the deal that was yeah that's it. i think that, that was, was good god. for them that was good for them like oh shit insurance yeah, money yeah, baby yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was god finally see- shutting the door yeah but like there like there's a lot of like th- there is kind of that orphan sort of mentality but it's not it's just like everyone trying to find a place where they belong <clears> and like it's it's been rough for us because of like we are friends with a lot of really good musicians in Kansas City. There's amazing musicians so in many. Kansas yeah. City. That's yeah. the thing. It's and, almost saturated. And I mean, when you're mm-hmm. when so you're talent like, here, when you're really grinding it out, like I, I make this analogy a lot, where it's like some people serving in Germany, some people are serving in Japan, World War Two. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, you fought different wars, but like there's a level of like oh, you've been through the shit. So like we're you know so we we're mm-hmm. friends with a lot of a, a wide uh, array of different <clears throat> musicians, but we're also like yeah we can never play a show together 
mm-hmm. but like we 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 respect each other we support what we're doing we buy each other's records and we're friends with each other and it's like yeah. we, we all bitch about playing the shitty gigs and we all we all like share that yeah. common brotherhood but like we couldn't we couldn't play at our house i get I mean? that but i also think because kansas city is so eclectic like that there is room to do um, just because on the top of my mind and they were on my podcast years ago, have you ever heard of whiskey for the lady? Mm-mm. No. All right. They're like a bluegrass rock. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fucking phenomenal. Yeah. And I've got personal issues with a member of the band. Like, okay. Like, <laughs> and you still think, they're and good. I'm still think they're really dope. Okay. There is like, there is some room in some pockets of the city where you can be like, right, right. This guy's got like, you know, like you were saying, like a harp and a guitar. I, I, I know a, one of my good friends, my favorite rapper in the Kansas in Kansas City, Alan Wayne, the Prodigy. He did uh, a song a couple years ago with a heavy, uh, a metal guy, a guitar dude. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. You guys will probably know him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it came out amazing. Mm-hmm. And so there are, I think there are kind of little spots where you could get like, let me get a rap guy. Let me get a punk guy. Let me get a bluegrass rock, and then kind of form like kind of like a night mm-hmm. like that of all different, and it could mesh like I that. I think the the thing that has to be there is like there has to be a similar energy. Yeah. So and also e- expectation. If, Shane, his name is Shane. Yeah. Something. I think that if you go from like an indie singer songwriter like person on acoustic guitar to us that is a bit jarring but yeah like so there's a band called the moose here they're really great uh, I've they're heard of them. they're like a psychedelic rock band they sound they're like very, my favorite people yes they're like, they're like, a fish, like fish type thing kind of sort of mm-hmm. it's i mean they would be pissed if we tried <laughs> okay, i'm sorry but, well. but but that being said like i would play shows with them because they have a very similar energy. Like they have a big stage presence. They're not like the energy is there. Like it matches, mm-hmm. even though we are playing in different genres. Like we're playing, maybe you could say '90s heavy metal, and they're playing like psychedelic rock. Okay. Like that, that you want to show yeah. up. You want to show up on mushrooms, and like it's the best. Ex- you know what I mean? Like, right. but we would still play with them because, like, they fucking bring it, and they have a they have a high energy to their shows. Mm-hmm. I think if that's there, like, I'm cool. I would be fine with playing like with a bluegrass band if like there was a similar energy that's being that brought, makes sense, you know, and not but better also or worse. The just, expectation, like, yeah, like, the expectation of like I'm showing up to see a yeah. variety because. It's also awesome in Kansas City how, like, you can just be like, hey, let's go to this venue tonight and see who's going to be there. Yeah. Well, like, you guys were talking about Record Bar earlier. Yeah. That's when I said I was probably going to go to a show tonight, and mm-hmm. it's, it's at the Record Bar, yeah. and it's a hip-hop showcase. Yeah. yeah. There's going to, I don't know if you guys like hip-hop, but there's going to be some dope-ass artists tonight at yeah. that show. Yeah. But it's the same idea where it's like, on a Friday night, you just go to Record Bar, and you're like, we'll just we'll see, see a show. Yeah. See yeah. And, and that, that I think is more conducive to like having variety because like you don't you don't know what you're expecting when you mm-hmm. go but there's been a lot of shows that we've played where it's like you know that the fan base is going to right. see a certain thing we don't want that energy and then we piss all over it <laughs> with right. guitar right. solos or whatever but i do kind of like that <laughs> but i like chaos and yeah. i like yeah. you know i like a little bit of that i so. like yeah. like personally i like the idea of going to a lineup that's a little over all over the place because it's like yeah you can have your time in the night where your ears get a break and you're listening to a quiet band and, you know, it's just a different experience. And then it's like, all right, now it's time to fucking like dance and, 
you know, jump around. Like Boulevardia was few, cool yeah. like that. Boulevardia yeah. had like all those different stages. Yeah. Where, like, there was these. Yeah. There was this one cool group that was like banjo-y country, but upbeat with like a trans singer. Yeah. I, I wish I remember the name. And then you go over and then you got like hip hop and you got yeah. like R&B on this stage. And it's, yeah. There's, it's cool. Kansas City's dope for music. Right. It, it is. And it's yeah. always been. You guys are right. The, the history here is amazing and it yeah. is getting so much better. I love, I love this city. Yeah. yeah, and I also like that. You hear we that, are, Kansas City? I fucking love, love you. you. Well, I also like that we're we're now listen to this podcast. And we're we're yeah, essentially fuck my podcast. subscribe. We're in the download. We're in the middle of the country too. Yeah, and so you have like there there's there's an aspect of like stuff is here and then branches out, but also everyone comes through here, and so yeah. and so there is that like like and we're blowing up. Yeah, and and there is that like sort of orphan thing like i like i love the fact that boulevard is like you there's 10 fucking places you can go to and hear 10 different kinds of music and a podcast right. going on at the same time yeah, yeah. did you do boulevard last year you did no you did this year this year was the this first year? this is the first year they've done a podcast stage mm-hmm. and i started i'm yeah I, I my my episode was kind of a shit show and i got <laughs> I got some controversy on it, which is probably Ooh, good for the show. I but go Burt Grimm, uh, Burt Grimm, the tattoo guy on oh, uh, yeah. the 39th and Broadway there. Um, <clears throat> I I don't feel bad, but I yeah, I don't feel bad. But he he he's old school. He's old school tattoo artist. His grandpa started tattooing people in the 30s. Mm-hmm. Well, this good dude uh, tattooed Tupac. In, oh, wow. In L.A. during the he went to L.A. during the riots, the Rodney King riots, and was oh, tattooing wow. people. And anyways, he's like, I was like, hey, who have you tattooed that's famous? He goes, oh, Tupac. I go, oh shit, you did the Thug Life tattoo. Oh. Well, apparently he didn't. Apparently, that is in the com- tattoo community a shitty tattoo, oh, and no. you don't want to be known for doing Thug Life on Tupac. And so, you know, Boulevard is a live event and I'm talking to him live and there's people walking by. I go, hey, everybody, stop what you're doing. Everybody, stop what you're doing. Come over here. This is the dude that t- tattooed oh, the thug no. life. He's like, no, motherfucker. I didn't do that shit. Oh, Don't put God. that shit. I'm like, we always like afterwards. He's like, dude, I thought you were going to punch me in the face. I was like, I thought you were going to punch me Holy in the face. Shit. I got, and I was like, well, which one did you do? And and he's a white dude. And he yeah, did the, yeah, yeah. You know, the he said he dropped an end bomb on oh, there, but not no. in a bad oh, okay. way. But like the, the eh, fuck it, he he did the fifty niggas tattoo on him. Uh huh. And okay, he yeah, got yeah. and he said, but I got a white. You know, just think about in this time yeah, of space yeah. now we're in, where I had a white dude at the Boulevardia stage out loud say <gasps> fifty niggas. Oh, oh my no! god. <laughs> <laughs> no. Also, fully out of context too. Like doing a podcast where people are just like walking by. They just hear right, that. They right, just hear that. And right. hearing like, uh, excuse oh, me. What? And then yeah, and then so like a couple days after Boulevardia, there's another local podcast that commented on my uh, one of my posts. I was like, oh, that's so cool. You got to do Boulevardia. I was like, yeah, it was cool. You Don't watch pro- it. No, I was like, watch it. But you'll probably you can have my spot next year. <laughs> They're not inviting me back. Oh my god. <laughs> I got an email that said, no, we'd love to have you back next year. Yeah. So I'll let your boy. Well, yeah, I mean, you well, put on a show. <laughs> yeah, that's what, put on a show. What the show. people want. I, uh, <laughs> I have to pee really bad. Yeah, go on there. I'll talk to Belle. Yeah. 
He's got me got me buzzed for the second day in a row. I, I'm just happy that this is the first time a guest has had to pee before I do because I have got uh, uh, the running joke, at least solo joke for me, is I'm a horrible podcaster because I have to pee every 30 minutes because mm. my bladder is it's it's just I don't know if it's weak or it just gets filled fast. I but. just like fully disconnect from my body and don't realize that I've had to pee for the last hour and then I'm like shit shit I gotta go it's coming yeah he makes fun of me all the time for that just being like if I don't go pee now I'm going to pee my pants and he's like how did that just come out of nowhere I don't know I dissociated (laughs) there's been no warnings all of a sudden fully disconnected yeah so I have a nine-year-old and my girl's gonna be six in a couple weeks and it's like that like she'll I gotta pee yeah like well can you wait a little bit no i gotta go now i'm like where were these warnings when you felt it like percolating 20 minutes ago like hey give me a little bit of warning we're in the middle of fucking nowhere (laughs) like i'm gonna have to hold you over a bush or something oh my god no for me when i have to take a shit i'm like if i don't go take a shit right now i won't have to shit anymore and then it's gonna like i'm not gonna feel good yeah that's not like anybody it's not good to hold it in you get sepsis like that yeah it's not good. Um, is there any bands that you would like to work with, like collaboration wise? Like, do you guys ever mm-hmm. think about putting our band and like bringing another singer from another band and doing like kind of a, a thing like that? Or just, yeah. is there any kind of collaboration you guys think about doing songs or like that? With I mean, locally, if we play with like friends, I always am like, can I sing a song with you? Come sing a song with us kind of thing. I like, love collaborations. We've done, we've had a couple mm. Halloween shows where we'll have like somebody else come up and sing a song with us. We're doing a, sh- I'm doing like a stripped down version of our band is playing at a, transparent brewing uh with my brother's band and i'm singing with them so i always like to like when i know people you know and it's not like i'm meeting you at this show let's collab you know Mm -hmm. i always like to find ways that we can do that because it's a fun show to watch too Mm -hmm. um there's one show i went to at the riot room years ago it was a band called lacera and they like there were three acts but like every band was like a combination of kind of the same people that were there and it was really fun to watch them like morph on stage throughout their sets and like the girl from the first band sang with the third band and the second band played guitar with the third band it was just cool because like they had such a like camaraderie that it was so fun to watch and feel like you were a part of that as an audience member so i feel like anytime like we play with bands you know if we play with the moose again i'm gonna be like oh yeah let me get up there with who oh, yeah. the, the moose moo- the moose the oh. psychedelic oh, they said the band. muse no oh shit but i mean if, <laughs> oh shit if we're talking like big things my uh my dream of all dreams yeah yeah, yeah, yeah is yeah. to uh either sing with black label or get married once, to zach wilde or yeah <laughs> <laughs> or have zach wilde sing with us there's yeah. literally i know what song it would be yeah. like i'm Oh my god, that would be there my fucking a, dream. There is a song on our new record that actually it was the first one the first one that I kind of stepped into doing yeah. the songwriting for um, called Love and Remission. And the whole song is actually about uh, your brother's ex-boyfriend basically. Well, His, I wasn't going to just <laughs> okay, say well, it, but yeah, yeah okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, and the whole time we were writing that song, it was pretty much 
how would black label society write this song Mm -hmm. and so the dream is to actually have zach wilde cover that song with her yeah Yeah. i'll just like go off in fantasy land in my mind all you gotta do is put it out there put it out in the universe we we uh we just got back from uh we got back from pa um what was it two weeks ago Mm -hmm. and um the day we got back he was playing at the midland and it was like we were it was like heart because she's like manifesting into the universe Damn. like i'm gonna meet him and we're gonna like well, he probably doesn't have a whole lot left right he's doing fine yeah <laughs> i know but you think about that like how old is that dude he seems like he looks like he's in his 40s yeah i think he's in his 50s though okay but he also gonna be looks fine. like a pro wrestler so fucking he's he's fine ozzy's out there still that's come on around he looks really? like a fucking slug now ozzy's out there yeah, yeah he just do you want to see and hear ozzy right now I, I mean, what other choice do you have? Uh, be honest, I, I let would, him retire gracefully. That's I, the other choice. I think I would for the novelty of like uh, I got to see. I don't him. want Ozzy to be a fucking novelty. That's Ozzy Osbourne. He bit the head off a goddamn right. bat. Are you fucking kidding me? He's snorting right. lines of ants on the <laughs> sidewalk. I, I mean, but maybe a, this is still him being fucking badass. It's like I'm still doing it. That's his version well, of so biting so a head off of a bat. Sure, and I'm still doing it. <laughs> Get out of here. I. Uh, <laughs> Would you say that's your that is your I mean that's your bucket list like all time because I know you've mentioned like you know like Debbie Harry and stuff like who, who? do you think is Blondie? Blondie oh yeah I mean yeah wow you are in that old school she shit, really huh? is no she really is yeah yeah is that wild. Wild? that's wild for a twenty four year old to be into that to me is coming you know think. For I me, just, think, I'm 42. Is thinking a 24 24 year old. It's not like Ariana is Grande into, or something. Blondie and, and the Cure and yeah. the Clash. Or I mean, I still fucking love Taylor Swift and Lady Gaga, but like, I would rather collab with Zach Wild. Well, sure, you can have some credibility uh, there. Like God. just. He, wouldn't you rather deal with Taylor Swift just because you're gonna blow up a hell I mean, a lot more? Yeah, if somebody <laughs> financially, <literally, laughs> if somebody literally was like, you can either do a song with Taylor Swift or Zach Wilde, I'd be like, I kind of have to do it with Taylor Swift. Like you have to, but because if you do it with Taylor Swift, then you can do it with Zach Wilde. Exactly, right. but the which true, is sad. That's yeah. sad. Think yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. Fucking Taylor the Swift. True she can't play guitar heart. because he's like I. His music is like it is emotional, and it was like oh like. Heavy music can be fucking like real. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was yeah. another, it was like the door opened for me with Ozzy, and then it was like I found Black Label, and I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to take all the credit, but it's when fine. I, but when I told her, it was like, hey, No More Tears was basically written by Zach Wilde. Mm-hmm. And then we went through, and it was like Osmosis was oh. basically written. And it was written. like, oh, all the Ozzy records that I love. Were written by this man. Yeah, wow. yeah, and then and then she got into like your favorite Zach Wild record is probably Hangover Music. Yeah, I mean he did that a, one. Yeah, he did an acoustic record called Hangover Music Volume Four. It's not acoustic. Well, okay. but it's I'm, stripped right. down. Uh, it's, it's stripped down, and um, <laughs> that was like your COVID <laughs> record, probably right? Was was that one? No, that was when we were living in Browntown. Oh. You need, we well, have nicknames for houses that we lived in. No, you better explain Brown Town before <laughs> you get canceled. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it was a. It was no, a. It's I hope it's of, not Strawberry Hill in Kansas. Yeah. City, no, it's just because all. It's because all of the walls just like looked like they were stained with shit. We just called it Brown Town. Yeah, so yeah. it was a. It was weird. a house that had brown walls. That's all. But no, okay. literally, I remember, like after my best friend died, like there was one morning I woke up and you like put on that record. And I just like 
sat in the bathtub like 11 a.m with a glass of wine listening to hangover music (laughs) crying in the bath that sounds like a good album cover yeah yeah she's been manifesting this for like probably two years like i do it it works i manifested three and a half Years ago, I manifested Slim Fast being on the show, and I just Heck had him yeah. on. Heck yeah, that was your last episode. That was one of my dream guests. Wow. Uh, laugh at it or not, because he's some people don't know who the fuck he is, but I've been wanting to talk to that dude for years. That's amazing. Yeah. Good for you, yeah. And like when he texts me, I feel like a little girl. Like, like, oh my God, <laughs> Slim Fast came up on my phone. He's texting you like, I don't oh shit, like, too dude, fast. I do. And my <laughs> responses are way over the top. I'm like, God, I'm such a fucking fangirl. <laughs> like, it's just whatever. I can't no, even I help tell- myself. I tell him all the time. I was like, within the next year, it'll happen. I'm going to meet him. It's going to happen. There I are, feel it in my soul. There are basically two things that I feel like I've contributed. Well, uh, I'll say three things that I've contributed to you has been pro wrestling, Zach Wilde, and 90s heavy metal. Yeah. Am I wrong in no. that? Yeah. You introduced Best all those 90s heavy metal band. Linkin Park for you, Jeremiah? Uh, no, uh, honestly. And it, it sounds. Are they 90s? Technically, yes, but I would say they didn't blow More up to the 2000s. Is Allison Chains 97 metal? They're 90s grunge. I mean, oh, okay. yeah. I would I would say, and I know this sounds like a cop out, but it's fair. I would say Metallica, mm-hmm. even though the, I they, call them like, 80s. They, I, I guess they. I, I understand they were so, they were prevalent through the 90s. So so and again, I'm going to. But anger, they weren't they 80s. Like I mean, yeah, I'm going to anger a lot of people here. But I discovered Metallica. My first cassette tape was the black album i got into metallica when the load record came out and i had to go backwards to get kill them all ride the lightning master puppets so for me for me metallica was 90s heavy metal even though technically i think 70 79 was kill them all mm-hmm. so they've been around i i could be wrong they could they, they've been around for a lot longer than i got into them but they were like i mean whether or not you what, however you feel, like Inner Sandman was like the anthem of the '90s. If you're, a I tried, I tried desperately to hate Metallica, but yeah. when mm-hmm. you hear Sandman, it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. God damn it, this is fucking undeniably good. Yeah, yeah, it's and just... and and it, like to this day, that album sells five thousand copies a month. To this day, yeah, like the, it is, it is consistently because it is the album that any any parent or any like older person like when they introduce someone to heavy metal they do black album and it is it is really? still it is still in the top 10 i'm gonna to get my day. kids pantera well mm. I, again reasonable like i what's I, the pantera I under- song where he does that like really high vocal thing cemetery gates yeah that's what i i mean i was Ray. yeah that's what Spit. I why I did that that thing on until you're better. Are you talking to me? Yeah. Yeah. Are you talking to me? Yeah. So she did a she did there's a run on um uh, Until You're Better, the eight-minute fucking song that we did where she does... Because there's a the, a line in Cemetery Gates where he's like, Gates, Gates, Gates! And yeah. she did that on Until You're Better. Go away, go away, go away. And it was like yeah. blatantly she was ripping off Fully. Phil from, Respectfully. from Pantera. Hell <laughs> yeah. Respectfully. Um, Ooh, I got a question. Mm. I... I don't know what you think of it. I don't know what uh, nomenclature or not nomenclature. I don't know what the what you th- what 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 musicians think about this, but I love a goddamn cover song. I fucking yeah. love it. Do you guys are you, will you guys do covers from time to time? Just yeah, like, yeah. I fucking love that. Absolutely. I think I that love that. There's a lot of benefit. I want to I want to create a cover band. I've been <laughs> thinking about that lately. I'm like I feel like I maybe I'm 
completely off base, but I feel like there's a few 90 songs that I love. If I could get a band together and just perform like 10 cool random 90 yeah. songs, we could be a, a local hit. This yeah. is this is so we we're huge cover fans. We've we've done a like we did Man in the Box by Allison Chains nice. for, yeah, yeah. for years. I'm the, the man in the box. Yeah. So for us what what I like about cover music is when when a band does a cover song but they do it like if it's they theirs. if they like were to write it, it. okay. So if you're yeah. if you're gonna cover a song, I would rather it actually be different than like in your sound and your yeah. cadence yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just basically doing karaoke. Yeah, right. but I do kind of like the karaoke when people and, do that shit. That's, I like both. I do like both. I like if someone. Yeah. I like yeah. when Johnny Cash did uh, the the uh, Nine Inch Nails. Yes. Like, yeah, I like that shit. But I also do like when a song and can rip off a fucking Enter Salmon or something. And that's like the that. thing. It's like if you're a cover band, then do that because that's what you do. Like yeah. a cover band is yeah. covering. But I think like, that's what I want to do. Yeah, I want to do a cover <laughs> band. I want to find three people, yeah. th- that, you know, a bassist, a guitarist, and a drummer. Yeah. And I want to see some goddamn like candle box or yeah. some fucking And then yeah. it's oh fine. God, yes. <laughs> In that yeah. case, like it's totally fine, I think, to just do the karaoke version. Because like, people we're a love cover it. Band. People love it. Yeah. I want to hear the old song. I love when. I went out. I went to First Fridays two months ago, and I can't remember the name. Of, I, I wrote. I wrote it down, but they were doing. They did a Sublime song, and I sang with the dude the whole time. Sang the whole fucking song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just like, yeah, I love it. Like I love that shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think a, we. You're doing I, a cover uh, next weekend. Uh, right? I'm doing a lot of covers next weekend. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're covering. Um, Till Tuesday, we're covering Ozzy. We're covering Joan Jett. Fuck yeah! Covering Talking Heads. No. Oh my gosh! You doing Talking Heads? I don't know why. No, not Talking Heads. I'm sorry. Big Head Todd and the Monsters. <laughs> no, it's Head. O- we're covering the song <laughs> Head Over Heels. By who? Why can't I think of who sings Head Over Heels? Alanis Morissette. No, something happens and I'm head over heels. I'll never find out. Till I'm head over heels. Is I have no idea. I wish I knew Fucking that. Who is it? I Whatever. It'll come to me. I I think that as a band, you use a cover as a tool to lure in people who don't know you by playing a song in your style that they know, and then they're like, "Cool. Well, I want to hear your shit now." You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's like a helpful tool to like engage, and it's just fun. Will you guys take fun. a request? Uh, a Neander Talk podcast I'll, request. We'll take a request. Yeah. Please. Killing in the name. Yeah. Killing in the name. Wait, who is that? Rage Against, Rage Machine. Against Machine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is like, uh, that's fun. a great cover. And it gets, mo- I mean, you'll, you'll start a mosh pit. So, again, my my rule is if we, whatever song we cover, because we've. Do we it did, your own. Yeah. yeah. Do it our own way. But yeah. I will, I will absolutely. Because we did, there was a while we we'll did. We'll take it to the band. We and did. See what uh, they say. Fucking do it. They'll love that. You said there were 90s metals heads. Yeah. They'll probably love to do that. We did. If uh, we do it, you have to come to the show. Yeah. We'll we, give you I, a heads I'll come up. to your show even if you don't do it. <laughs> we did. Uh, give me free uh, tickets. I'm there. Voices Carry. We we did that for yeah, a while, right? We're doing that one next week, too. Yeah. We did. Um, So. Well, now I got to piss. Okay. Can you guys hold down for you guys said you guys did some podcasts. Yeah. Oh. You need more whiskey? Yes. Yeah. Right. If you're gonna, if you're we gonna can do fucking yeah. talk ourselves to death. You guys yeah. talk for a couple minutes. I'll get some more whiskey. We're, we're, we're holding down the podcast. Is, uh, oh, yeah. I may, I may or may not have accidentally stole this accidentally. from West Bottoms Whiskey last week. Okay. Now nah, they gave it to me. So you got to promote then. Cause but yeah. I do have another fresh, uh, fresh bottle of some. Kansas City style whiskey right here. Okay, so I don't I don't know if you if, if this is if you recorded this or not. So I want to I want to break this down. Apparently, Kansas City whiskey 
there is something they do different in the way that I they think make sherry. I think they put sherry in it. Sherry? I think it's right bourbon and sherry. And it's just a a small percentage of sherry in Zach's it. Zach's gonna lose this. He's gonna lose his mind. Yeah. Uh, one of our guitar Zach players. Wild? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. You want no. more ice? I don't uh, have. Yeah, I don't. It's fine. You can have neat. You can have it neat. Oh, Bell, you want some more? I'll have a little bit. Oh Um, my god, you guys are hair of the dog and going hard. You guys are fucking rockers. So, (laughs) so uh, our uh, our uh, one of our guitar players is a bartender, and when I I have to be careful because I'm like, just give me a bottle of Jack. I don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. uh, Whiskey guy, and he's and he is like, he's smart, and I don't I don't want to undercut him. He's smart. And he, but he also really knows his shit, and he's not like arrogant about it entirely. He just really knows his shit, and so anything we say about Kansas City whiskey, he's gonna be like, actually, what they use is a twenty yeah. percent blend of fucking whatever. Um, but yeah, Kansas City whiskey, they add apparently sherry. We assume it's either sherry or brandy. I sherry or brandy to add a little bit of spice, so it's something you can't mm-hmm. get. You go pee while we talk and promote uh, your please, whiskey. Please. Yeah, go pee, go pee, go pee. <laughs> Uh, yeah. He adds. He adds. They add a little something to their whiskey that that adds a little bit of spice and just a little. Mm. It's good. It's like it does have like a. He's <laughs> screaming in the bathroom. We just hijacked this dude's yeah, podcast. We, it, it is like a little bit like smooth. Like it almost is like butterscotch, but spicy. Yeah, spicy butterscotch, which I like. Yeah. Oh, fucking love me some yeah. butterscotch. Do and you think grandma candy? Do you think that if we were to do a rage? A Rage Against Machine cover, Killing in the Name of, would be the one we want to do. What are the other ones? Well, I mean, there's like Bulls on Parade. That's like a big one that everybody does. Um, I would want to do the one that makes everybody go, holy shit. I mean, which it, I feel like is Killing in the Name of. Killing in the Name of or Bulls on Parade, probably. Yeah. You heard well, we would have to convince, We'd have to convince the boys Fuck to it. do it. Do you think they would? Yeah, I think they would. Yeah. They'll do, they'll really? do whatever I say. No, but like, do you really <laughs> think that they would? Yeah, I think so. Because they throw out a lot of cover ideas. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) We should do it. You know what? It would actually be great to do it um, at our show September 10th at Lemonade Park with the Get Up Kids. That would be a good place. Are we we promoting our show? I am. Did you see how I did that really smoothly? Yeah, yeah. We should definitely cover Rage Against the Machine on September 10th at Lemonade Park with the Get Up Kids. Well, okay, a couple things. One... Because obviously he, this isn't brought live. to you by the record machine. Obviously this isn't live, so hopefully <laughs> the his 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 rotation this comes out before that, so that yeah. way this is like a promotion. But also, uh, you said it, so now like, <laughs> hey, when's this coming out? Because we're I could tell you. Okay. 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 I really don't know. I'm so fucking far behind on podcasts. Okay. I've got like, but I'm gonna release like I normally do one a week. Okay. I'm probably gonna drop two two this week. Nice. Maybe two next week. So give it a couple weeks. Plug plug a couple dates then, so that way, just yeah. in case, like we could pad it out. So we've got the one on September 10th. That you know, Lemonade Park. I've heard of it. I've been wanting to go out there and check out some bands. I've had some people on the show that have performed out there. They are yeah. doing this year. They are they have partnered with um, Record Machine. Uh, obviously Voltaire, and then there's a there's it's a beer fest. So they're doing it's two two days. Two dates and it the ninth and, and the tenth. Uh, headlined by the Get Up Kids. And, oh, yeah, and wow. we are we are one of the bands on the show, and it's like they're. I, I don't know if it's their first. Hopefully, hopefully, I'm I'm not gonna speak out of turn, but the, the, I think it is. I think the intention is they're wanting to do like a beer fest every year. Um, they're about seven or eight years behind the eight. Well, I mean, they're <laughs> gonna doing beer yeah. fest, but yeah, hey, yeah, they're yeah, just whatever. they're gonna yeah. have like beer tasting and food carts and 
food options so those like kids can go and stuff so it's a two night thing and there's i think like 10 or 15 bands yeah each day cool. yeah um, so she she's literally saying on the podcast that we're going to do rage a rage cover at that song. I said that it show. would be cool. It'd oh, be that would time. be cool. It would be a good time to cover rage against a machine. But we also yeah. don't know when this podcast is going to go up. So you should probably plug a couple other dates just in case. Well, be, I can get it up before the 10th. OK. Yeah. OK. OK. Yeah. Because um, we're also we're in Bet Arkansas, Bentonville, Arkansas on September 24th. And we're at. Is that in uh, the mountains? uh is that in the mountains? The what, Ozark Mountains know. or whatever? No, no, I don't think so. No, I don't. I don't fucking know. <laughs> okay. Um, and then we're doing record, record bar, bar October October twenty eighth to be a Halloween show. Yeah, be out before that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. that one we're probably gonna pull out a couple covers as well. Like we did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Normally the Halloween shows we go. We're actually we're debating on what we're gonna so dress up as. Ha- have we done Have we done themes every year? No. No, because last year was absolute chaos, yeah, and I, we all just like dressed up. Like Zach was um, an alien. No, wait, what was the year that he was the Campbell Soup thing? Oh, so uh, the Campbell Soup thing. No, it, the painting. He was the the one guy who had the can of Campbell Andy Soup. Warhol. Yeah, he Andy was, Warhol. He was Andy Warhol. Sorry, um, my mom will be. My mom's an art teacher. She'd probably really mad at me right now. I gotcha. Um, and I was like, um. We Shawn Michaels and you were Mick Shawn Foley. Michaels. Yeah, and I was yeah. Mick Foley. Yeah. With no X Pac in there? No, no. Um, <laughs> it was just a chaos one. And then there was a year we did Aliens. There was a year we did Boxers. Oh, shit. You know who you could be? Who? The Garbage Singer. What's oh, her name? Oh, yeah. Garbage. Uh, garbage. <laughs> Whatever um, her name fucking is. Fucking Shirley Manson. Yep. Manson. Yep. Shirley Manson. Manson? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, f- I mean, that's kind of what you already are, though. I know. That's the thing. Do I just dress up as another version of myself? Okay. Um, True we, we, um Let's see. What have we done? We, we were zombies one year. Mm-hmm. We were... Uh, we did a, we did custom... No, you guys were... No, I was the Undertaker, and you guys were, like, my The druids. druids. Like, yeah. the undead druids. Who uh, was Paul Bearer? I want to be... You fucking should <laughs> I want to be Paul Bearer, but if I'm going to be Paul Bearer for real... I have to shave, and I don't. Want oh, that. And that's yeah. the that's you the, don't the cu- shave that. For all those listening, he's got a giant beard. Yeah. And I don't mustache. like. Honestly, I don't. It's he's not too fat. shocking to like see his face. So that that's the. I haven't seen his face in fucking five years. Yeah, I don't um, want to see your face. And then and then the one year we were. I used to have a gnarly beard. Just not too long ago. Just well, it's like it. when you shave when like if like a dad shaves their beard and their baby is like. Ah. Like, I that's used to what do that. I'll I be. That. <laughs> I did that to my kids. I had a, I had a gnarly fucking beard. I mean, it's down yeah. to here, and I shaved it. And they're like, what? "We we've we've had a couple ideas this year about what we want. Like, I want to like, well, I, so this is the like, I want to go all in, and then Bell has this weird like, I want to be cool, but also want to be serious. And I'm like, we should all wear hot dog costumes. Oh, I like that. But she's like, I don't know. And then I was like, <clears> okay, <throat> what if we were, because uh, that one year we were, you oh, were I a boxer. It. Mm-hmm. And then we all dressed up as her ring crew. So she mm. had like custom made shorts and like a robe. And then that we all said, had like, like our band name. We on all them. had like uh, jackets that said like the Vertigo Waves and had like our names on them. I still have them because I it think was they're dope. fucking cool. Yeah. How about if you guys went out as the Red Hot Chili Peppers, <laughs> but with socks, socks. <laughs> wrapped around your cocks? <laughs> Minus you, of course, no, but I you could, could still have one. one. Yeah, you can make can a fake, a fake one, one and put that on. That'd be awesome. I mean, I would do it. Oh I would God. absolutely do it. Um, I here's that'd my be thing. pretty dope. My thing with Halloween is like the exciting thing to me as a kid 
was like we always made our costumes so to me yeah. halloween is about like what can you like scrounge together so the idea of just like buying a hot dog costume is super like it's a bummer to me get a get a long soccer sock and a, <laughs> and a rubber band one year uh, i was a, a reptilian shapeshifter which I, which I thought was good. I had like a full green jumpsuit and like a like a reptile mask and like a tail and shit. Could have and done that, was, that or just shown up as Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I know exactly, exactly. But that was the oh my god. The, the downside we... was for that was it was during because when so I don't know if you know, what you know about Lemonade Park. I'm literally just plugging Lemonade Park right now. It started because of COVID. Yep. And so the idea was no. I had I had a a good. Uh, in fact, he hit me up to come back on the podcast. One of the guys that performed out there mm-hmm. uh, a group called mokes m-o-k-s it's mm-hmm. a hip-hop duet mm-hmm. they so when, out it, there when it first started it was a big drink so when it started it was <laughs> outdoor tables you know socially distanced the whole night and yep. it was basically what like <clears throat> bands like us and then in a lot of in a lot of instances, I would say, and maybe this is me speaking out of turn, but it kind of held a lot of the music scene together throughout the COVID stuff because there wasn't really a lot of places you could go. Uh, yeah, I mean we're small town. I, so. I would say that, but Kansas, Kansas never shut down. Okay, okay. I went I went to a hip hop show during the peak of COVID at the Roxy. Okay, yeah, and that's in Kansas. And do you remember the Roxy? Mm-hmm. I showed up there, and you know, and I was like. Do I have to wear a mask? Because I didn't see anybody wearing a mask inside. This is yeah. the peak of fucking COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, no, you got to have a mask in there. I was like, yeah. whoa, hell is- yeah, <laughs> baby. It's my kind of party. This Let's is, fucking it's, go. It's the real the real underground stuff is is to me. That, that's right. that's yeah. about as punk rock as you can get it. But like for us. That's like, why I love the hip hop scene. There's yeah. a dope little underground yeah. hip hop scene yeah. here. And, and so for us, like Lemonade Park was kind of, it wasn't in completely all that we had but it it was it was like kind of the the best that we could do for a while because of yeah, the yeah for sure we, we usually play for sure and th- we did a halloween show and you know it was outdoor and it was fucking o- end of Freezing. october and it was cold as fuck but we still had like a lot of people come out just because it was like live people were starving for live music yeah anything yeah and but i'm, I'm bummed because like i worked really hard on my reptilian <clears throat> shapeshifter outfit and not it was that like many people were there and like and but like for us not that many people were there because of covid and everything else and like so like i literally kept what is this that's from skinwalker ranch oh are we about to get deep here <laughs> what is this that is from the same person that gave this to me but like a year later that was taken from a very um what did he say um supernatural place like a, a very very haunted house grounds like that was he won't tell me where it's from that's how crazy it is but this was dirt from a supernatural place and you have to keep it sealed and he's got it sealed and everything yeah you have to keep it sealed whatever's in there you got to keep it sealed you ever just think one night you just have one more one too many drinks and you just fucking open it up and see what and smoke it see what no smoke it. i've never had that thought one time and trust me i've had one too many drinks many fucking times <laughs> yeah certain things you gotta just leave you gotta, you gotta yeah he when out. he brought it to me and told me that i was like is this gonna bring me like bad energy like what the fuck do i do he's like well i've had it for years and it never did anything i was like well if Shit happens. I'm getting rid of that. You do research of his life and his whole life. It got me crazy. I've had so many weird ass podcasts with people. Like, after I got that, like, I started putting uh, white stones in some of my windows. Yeah. Uh Because there's like 
get yeah. good, like stop some of the energy or gives yeah. good energy and then you're supposed to get super black stones uh-huh. to take away the bl- the dark have, energy um, yeah that's, a, that's just weird my my best friend she uh she's into all this and we call her our band witch yeah. Because uh, whenever we have like a show or a deal we're trying to get, she'll be like, "I'll fucking sleep with this crystal under my pillow." Where I I did a thing. Oh, hey, I she put- hot and single? Because my name is Crystal. <laughs> yes, Holla. but she she is hot and single. But uh, we're yes. <laughs> we're very protective of her because she has a kid. And also I got two kids. Yeah. Also, she's I, we, our our witch. So yeah. We gotta, uh, listen. We gotta- we, yeah. uh, I'm a wizard. We are all we're all into the the. I call them hibbity dibbities. Like I'm all in. So so I came from a very staunchly uh, Pentecostal speaking in tongues crazy oh, level. Yeah. But 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 I I am like on. Dance I'm, with any snakes? No, we never went that far. But but I am I am all in on the hibbity dibbities of all. My sister every really? year. My sister every year for my birthday gives me a tarot reading every yeah. year. We used to over over lockdown, we would FaceTime and just get like either very drunk or very high and she would like read our cards over. I have some time. good episodes like you guys should check out. That was a yeah. that was a thing for us during like the heat of COVID is we would actually go live on the band's Instagram and we would just be like, Hey, anybody come on and like just tell us some shit. Yeah. And we would just we would go like fucking deep into some just into yeah. this insanity and, and get like blitzed out of our minds but did that literally come from skinwalker ranch like literally that's what i'm told did you have somebody on the on the show that they brought it mm-hmm. and did they tell you some uh, did they tell you stuff i mean you don't know me but did they tell you stuff that i don't already know about <laughs> i guess maybe not about skinwalker ranch because we didn't go deep into that but we uh i've had this guy on he has his own podcast Shout out to the Ectoplasm podcast. Okay. And he was on here and he, he goes UFO hunting. He uh, he took me ghost hunting. He's a big ghost hunter. He's kind of done ghost hunting now. He's kind of said he's gotten enough out of ghost hunting that he wants to pursue the Going UFO the factor. Shit. Yeah. And he's told me some fucking stories of him in the middle of nowhere, UFO hunting, camping, and then some crazy shit. Like off in the distance, they heard some like Native American music type shit. They woke up the next day. There was a giant handprint on their vehicle in dust. They got super scared. Uh, there's some fucking weird story. I, yeah. Listen, this. I fully believe all of it. I believe a lot more in aliens than I, mean, I do in ghosts. But how, how real do you want to? How real do you want to get? How- I don't believe in ghosts. I've tried. I tried. I went to a super haunted place. I okay. I I have I have one statement for you, and I just want to get your opinion. Laws of thermodynamics: an object cannot be created or destroyed merely changed right sure. matter becomes energy if we're all energy sure. okay mm-hmm. so i believe that ghosts are actually just residual energy yeah from things that have i also believe in reincarnation because of that people you just become energy <clears throat> okay so okay fucking all right no i listen so- i listen to anything <laughs> so i think i think ghosts in the in the uh classic definition of a ghost being a an inhabited or you know an uninhabited person's body that's just like a soul that like that's bullshit but i do think there's something to an echo or a shadow of a traumatic experience that happened that actually leaves an imprint on like in the sense of like a residual energy no i get that 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 inhabits you know it's like throwing a rock if it's like a a super traumatic event yes mm-hmm. and, it, and it leaves such an imprint on like the metaphysical sure plane I know what you're saying that it that it 
lasts it lasts a while or whatever okay um, yeah i'm i'm buzzed enough where you'll have to yeah. tell me if i go too far in this like we're getting <clears throat> drunk and talking about fucking aliens and ghosts now so so this is like our this is what our podcast this is was what like we, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was like this yeah um I was testing the waters with the reptilian yeah. shapeshifter thing. <laughs> I know all about it. That's why I said Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you had someone on the show that was from Skinwalker Ranch, right? Or did you just get it from like a No, friend? he went there. He went there? That's where okay. he got it from. Okay. Okay. I mean, have you noticed like... I've noticed no... <laughs> nothing... Nothing necessary paranormal, but I have had a much better shits lately. <laughs> my shits I don't know. Ever since good. I got I'm this rock regular. in here, my shits have been. Well, I've had the rock in here for a couple of years, but I did have a medium in here, and a tarot expert. She can see shit. Oh, I wish I could remember her name. That was a fascinating episode. Um, where she said, I asked her about my home, and she said. I wouldn't spend the night here. Oh, no oh. way. She said, I Just think move. it's all right, but she, I wouldn't spend the night here necessarily. But then she was like, you should put some white crystals yeah. in your windows and some black you just some dark things like ten thousand white okay crystals. and she told me some and, and god damn i didn't even think that's weird that this brought up um i'm gonna go on a real quick tangent uh little thing about i'm too honest on the podcast I, that's I, that I, is yeah. our problem too um it's okay i've been really 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 struggling with anxiety lately mm-hmm. it's it's put me in the hospital a mm-hmm. couple times uh, just yesterday fact wow in montana okay i almost missed my flight to get here because of it yeah um and and i'm not blaming her one bit but one of the things that she did say was i will probably die and have a problem with my heart Hmm. and a few weeks ago i was recommended to go see a cardiologist i'm 42 and can run five miles for fun. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. Hey, you should probably go see a cardiologist. I'm like, God damn. I sense my fucking anxiety fucking wild. And so part of me is like, do I need to do a few things with some people in my life to, like to clear some stuff? To clear some things yeah. from my heart so it's not so bitter yeah. and mm-hmm. hateful towards this person. Because that shit will fucking give you cancer will, or give you a heart because attack. Because stress, stress and all that shit yeah. really can have real impact on your yeah. physical being. And so I have been like, and she mentioned about that, about my heart. So now I've been kind of freaking out about that shit. Like, do I do that? But then part of my ego side and my other side is like, fuck this bitch. I'm not saying (laughs) a goddamn thing to her. Fuck her. She can rot in hell. When she dies, I won't fucking shed a goddamn tear. But now I'm like, fuck, this is like, is this really killing me? Do I need to just forgive this fucking bitch? Uh, I'm all over the place. I need therapy. I need therapy, you guys. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I have gone to the hospital many times (laughs) many times and then they're just like you're depressed you have anxiety it's like cool well i thought i was dying i thought i was dying Um, how do i live like this like so i don't know what the i don't know what the the laws are in kansas city so i may i okay i may or may not her and i may or may not have partaken in psilocybin on several occasions oh you ain't gotta worry about that in okay all right i don't know what the rules are there's no rules i I don't know if you have ever gone down that road or not. 
Oh yeah. Okay. Love me some shrooms. But so, in, have you done I've it done in the DMT? Listen. Have you done it in the context of ooh? <laughs> okay. I've always wanted to do DMT. So I'm scared. I you should be. <laughs> I believe. I I personally believe that one of the earmarks of the novel of my life. I'm going to sound as fucking pithy as I can here. That marked the transition of the change in my life was the first time that I had ever taken mushrooms. Okay. Um, because I came to terms with so much of my emotional hangups, my past traumas, all of that stuff. And I can, I can literally pinpoint it to the moment. Cause you were actually there. Like Bell was there the first time that I had ever taken mushrooms. Um, and I came, there was so much like anxiety and peace and understanding about myself as a person that I got from doing that. Um, so I was going to say like, you should take mushrooms, but you know, you already have. So 42, I lived wild in the nineties. I've done Here's a lot of mushrooms. You, I loved mushrooms. Have you done it in the context of like, I'm going to take these mushrooms maybe with someone that I know really well and process some shit nah. or is it like party mushrooms? You don't really party with them, but the first couple times were recreational. I mm-hmm. uh, microdosed them for a while, and then there were other times where I'm like, I'm just gonna get deep by myself yeah. and kind of, kind of get to the bottom of a few yeah. things. We may or may not microdose. <laughs> allegedly, we may. Yeah, we do not microdose. Okay. Well, I, I was alleged. microdosing DM, DMT for a while too. How do you microdose? DMT. You microdose it. You do it at a very so small point where you don't cross hit? over. One small little hit. Where you get that gross ass fucking taste and you get a little and then you just that's it. And then you're just kind of like it just kind of puts you in a it's I am not recommending it. Don't <laughs> don't microdose DMT for a while. It's gonna give you you're gonna feel like demons are chasing after you when you go on a run. Mm. Like it will freak you out. Do you think that's real though? Do you think you're actually <laughs> at the time I fucking sure did. But yeah. this but this is what I'm saying. Like I think that the stuff that you see when you are on a high level psychoactive is actually real. And I don't know if that's because I'm like not as like I'm not an astronaut with this shit. Like I've done psychonaut. it. Psychonaut. Psychonaut. Yeah, there you go. Um, or if or whatever. But like I I believe that it actually just whatever. Fuck it. I believe that it actually tears the portal, tears the veil out of what is mm-hmm. actually real. Yeah. And so. Do you think that the f- or, t- or, t- or tears the veil and tells shows you what is real? Yes. Do you think that the feeling you had of I'm being chased by shit was legitimate or that you were just freaking out because you were on? I wasn't on it when I did it. That's the thing. It was after my first big dose of it. Yeah. Mm. Have you ever blasted off on DMT? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And this was, this was after my first big blast off. <clears throat> I think the the real yeah, shit is it, like you go. It can there. open you up to some shit. Maybe you're not ready for or want to see. That's that is the thing. It's like I think the only time people have bad trips is because they're resistant or they're oh, yeah. Not you're ready. fighting it. It's you're not, fighting it. Yeah. A bad trip is just because I've been there and it's like it actually was like a very life changing thing for me. But it sucked for probably forty five minutes. I don't know it's what your ego. You because got, you I have was to have an ego I death. was fighting it. It was scary. Yeah. You should tell the story about when when we did. When we did like, which, well, we, <laughs> which one? The, well, guys I don't, I don't want to be self-indulgent, but you should tell the story about when I, when I did just because 
Oh, it was crazy. Like, so this was. So we've been like shrooms or DMT. Have you guys done DMT? No. I I can get it. I'm scared, but I can get it. But we. we Ayahuasca or DMT? DMT. Okay. Um, I've only ever. Is it from a toad or is it manufactured? It's not manufactured. It's from the, the acacia, the acacia bush. So the. You smoke it? That's how you would do it. Yeah, you can you can snort it. I think, but most people smoke it. But they say Moses was tripping yeah, on the there it is. tree. I was about to say. There yeah. it is. Well, there it is. The burning bush. So yeah, but so we the first time ever, we were pretty careful with it because we'd never done it before. I smoked so a toad. You did. <laughs> smoked it or licked it? There's no lick. Uh, so I there, don't know how they. Do there's, it. So there's a thing. It's called bufo alvarius. And it's they, a toad from the Sonoma Desert. They scrape they, it off, they, right? They secrete the glands, and it squirts on, like, some glass, and then it dries, and then they scrape it off, and that's what you smoke. Yeah. Okay. That's, like, the... Yeah. the, the that's the straight natural 5-MEO DMT. Yeah, that's the crafty veteran version. Mm-hmm. I just am... I'm really excited for the day, because I know it's coming when psilocybin is legalized, and you can do it in, like, a therapy context. You can do that now. It's legalized in a few spots, right? In certain... Pl- I'm just saying, like... Right, here, nationally, you know, there. You can do K two is legally too, because well. I think like you know, there's a lot. What's special K? Special K, yeah. There's a lot of studies and evidence behind like the benefits of like therapy assisted psilocybin or LSD trips and everything. Um, then there's a new for anybody who wants to know. Uh, there's a Netflix documentary, How to Change Your Mind, that's literally about like. Um, psychedelic <clears throat> drugs in like the context of like therapy basically mm-hmm. and it's really interesting but yeah the first time basically he did it and I was sober and then I did it and he was sober so that we could kind of like talk each other yeah. through it and it like, like one of us needed assist the, each other one of us needed to do it and then they aided the I other guide. person yeah for yeah. sure yeah yeah but like yeah. he basically went like he kind of turned into like his child self and like well, everything was like kind of through the perspective of him as at an age that was really pivotal and traumatic for him. Okay. And yeah. Basically, like walked through this whole experience as his like I think like seven year old self. Yeah. So so the easiest way uh, after time of it, you know, that I've summed it up is like everyone essentially is the person that they were when they were like six or seven. Like like what you what you your inner person. I, I mean. And we're talking about mushrooms here, so what the fuck do I'm, am I talking about? Right. But like your your person when you are like six or seven years old is like fundamentally like the things that you think are cool, the things you think are fun, the things that the person you want to be. It's like starts there, and then as you age, you put onion layers around that. And so what happened when I when I was like on mushrooms and she was like my babysitter mm-hmm. was the it it removed all of the onion layers. And it brought me back to the person that I was when I was like six or seven years old. And and obviously, like, you know, like, you know this, but it's like I would go in and out. So it's like I'm thinking about when I was six and then I would like be six and I'd be like, oh, yeah, I remember when I was six, this happened. And then I would like be that person. It was like, you know, you're you're kind of aware of what's happening, but also sort of like allowing whatever. Um, And it was essentially like I had realized that so much of my personality was I had layered it based off of the expectations that the world or my parents or society or whatever had 
I had assumed what it was that people wanted me to be, and this, and so the onion layer of who I was at my core had thickened to a certain degree that mushrooms basically peeled all of those layers away. And then it was like, what do I really care about? What do I really like? What do I, uh, you know, what, what am I passionate about? What are the things that I think are, I mean, cool sounds like such a fruitless word, but like, what do I think is cool? And that all of that essentially carried into even when we were writing our record where there would be moments where I would be writing riffs or ideas or whatever for, for our record. And I would actually stop in the middle of recording and I would like look to my imaginary six year old self. And I would go, what do you think about that? And be like, that's pretty cool. And then I'd be like, all right, that's what we're doing. (laughs) And And it was literally, and it was there, there are three or four songs on this record where it was like, me as a kid decided that that was cool, ha. and that, and and I then my life like that. It, well, and that was and that was kind of the the sort of the big, like revelation or whatever you want to say was like, the way that we decorate our house mm-hmm. is based on we will must like, be Ninja Turtle shit all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but it's there's so many ideas that we have right now, just societal expectations of like what should your house look like what should this be like how should you act in public and certain things where you're able to kind of just strip that away and go like what fucking makes me happy Mm -hmm. it's fine and 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 that's the other thing even from a performance standpoint is like people come and watch us perform and they go you look like you're actually having a good time and because of that i enjoy watching you perform and it actually has less to do with even the music and just do I like watching other Experience, people yeah. be six mm-hmm. or be fucking whatever, like genuinely enjoying themselves fully. Mm-hmm. Um, and all, like all of that, like I feel like I don't I don't want to speak out of turn, but I feel like we could both attribute that to mushrooms. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Like stripping yeah. away all of this. Look, all that shit can be really healthy for you and great for you. And, you know, the old saying is set and setting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you get that shit dialed in, you, it can really help. Be beneficial for yeah. people, and I that mean, and that was for us was was the like there were there were times where like I would be looking at her, and I would actually feel myself physically shrink down, and I'd be looking up at her, and it was like she was like my my babysitter, yeah, and I'm six and she's my babysitter, and being like, and it was like, hey, I want to watch cartoons, and she's like, what do you want to watch? I was like, I don't know, but I want to watch cartoons, and I want to eat Rice Krispies, and I want sugar on it, and I want to sit on the floor. Yeah. yeah, I tried to give him a cereal. We're sitting on the couch. He's like, I'm not allowed to eat and you're cereal. Like, Bitch, on you the need couch. To discipline. You need an apple and a steak. It was like, I'm not allowed to eat on the on the couch. And it would be like, I like sit fully. on the floor. <laughs> and and but but also at the same time, like, oh yeah, like most like most of the shit that I do as an adult male or whatever, I do because my expectation is that this is what everyone else thinks that i'm supposed to do yeah oh i fell in that trap for a while you know yeah and and then but but also like the (laughs) yeah it's that whole thing i was talking about with kindness it's like you're not actually kind by just appeasing people all the time you're fucking selfish and fake Mm -hmm. yeah and And then the people we admire in music or in you know whatever at entertainment performance whatever the people we admire are the people that we go they are fully living unto themselves. Mm-hmm. They're not thinking about how what they're doing is going to be appealing to a mass audience, mm-hmm. or, or they're not thinking about like are it's just, like what are what are other people going to think? They are like you like them because they they are doing you know they are living fully to themselves, which is what all of us are doing when we're six. 
Yeah. Like, that's cool. That's not cool. I'm going to do that. I'm not going to do whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with But that. they will throw a goddamn temper tantrum yeah, if yeah. they don't get the right stuffy they want yeah. at the souvenir stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Trust me, I just lived through that <laughs> two days ago. <laughs> That's like the yeah. adult part of it that you got to yeah. like yeah. sort of like. But I think it is. It's a really helpful tool if you can apply it right. Yeah. You know, but I think, too, just with anxiety and depression, like if you think for me, like if I think about a panic attack like a mushroom trip yeah, and yeah. I go all right, I'm going to listen to this. It's like, why do you have a bad trip? You have a bad trip when you resist it and you go, fuck this, I'm not doing this. That's why it's bad. It's and not it's because bad. it was bad. And it's the same thing with anxiety and with stress. It, it, you only fucking end up in the hospital when you go like, fuck this, I hate this, I hate this. But when you stop for a minute and you go like, why am I panicking? Why do I feel this way? I don't know why Who said? There's, but there's always something. If but you, what is it? When you it's stop, a myriad of things. You f- yeah, and then you fucking write them down and you give yourself the time to like dive into it and go like, all right, I started feeling anxious when this person said this to me or I started feeling anxious when I came home and my house was a mess. Okay, why does my house being a mess fucking make me feel like it's the end of the world? Well, it's because my fuck. I'm making this all up. Right, no. It's because my fucking dad used to hit me if my room was messed. Like it, it all ends up boiling back down to something if you just have the patience with yourself you parent yourself a little bit take the time to go like well why Mm -hmm. because it's not happening for no reason and that's like what i have to do whenever i have anxiety come up whenever i'm depressed it's like there's a fucking reason for this i can't just turn it off by like you know but why why can't i turn it off that's what i'm struggling with why can't i turn this shit off fuck that purpose fuck that purpose because do you want to get out of here do you want to unplug your check engine light you're you're just gonna break down your car is oh i'd rather break down and disappear (laughs) than you have to struggle with going to a fucking mechanic every two days yeah fuck that mechanic it's expensive this is what i was gonna say is like (laughs) is like so is the hospital your 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 body tells you when Tells you when something is wrong, but it is your responsibility to find out what that thing is. And the check engine light, in my opinion, is the best analogy where it's like mushrooms to me. Fucking who the fuck am I? I'm not a doctor fucking whatever, but like he's not. I'm not. No, fucking. (laughs) I'm looking at him right now. This guy is not a goddamn doctor. (laughs) like, Like we live in a constant state of check engine. Check engine, check engine. And I can tell you from experience that when you're driving your car down the fucking highway and your check engine light comes on and you and you're like, what the fuck is it? I don't know what it is. Whatever. Like that is to me, that is where the anxiousness comes from. It's actually your body being your friend and telling you, hey, there's something going on. It's not it's not a you're going to die and fuck that's you. That's what I get. Okay, yeah. but but all of all of that's the, the resistance though. I'm a resistant resisting, motherfucker. Yeah. Trust me, I am. Fact, My ego is way out of fucking yeah. control. Resisting for no reason. the fact that that feeling in your chest that anxiety gives yeah. you is there to help you is when you go, I'm dying. I am. Instead of going like, okay, why are you, like why are you here? Why is this here? Why is this happening? Yeah, what's yeah. going on? I call I it thinking it. about what you're thinking about. Think about. The that's thought. what set me off yesterday. 
my anxiety attack was I was anxious about getting anxious. I woke up feeling yes. great. I'm like, when's the anxiety going to hit? Yes. When's it going to hit? When's it going to hit? It's going to hit. Yes. Oh, it's yes. hitting now because I'm thinking yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I manifested whatever the fuck it again, is. Again, I oh. want to preface this with like, I'm not a doctor and stuff and oh. whatever. Like, I, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But I know because I don't I don't know how deep you want to go. But Will like, you guys be my therapist? <laughs> <laughs> I know that that a common thing that happens is that people instead of checking their engine they just unplug the the light yeah so i'm drinking and people go and people go okay i don't want to deal with the fact that my car my body my whatever the fuck vehicle my ex-wife is taking all my fucking money that cunt (laughs) they for example not me i wouldn't say that about they like people don't people don't want to deal and that's you know i'm not going to say that it's good or bad it's just sometimes you just fuck can't deal i get it but like people don't want to deal with the fact that their engine light's going off and so they just unplug the light whether that is taking a antidepressant or drinking too much or smoking too much or whatever it is they just want to they just want to unplug their light yeah. but your body fucking is telling you that you got to check your engine and for me for me for me for me mushrooms, the mind is weak the body is strong yes yeah. mushrooms mushrooms went yeah. mushrooms went hey i'm going to pull you out of your body and we're going to look at your car as if you're not the one that's driving it. And we're going to pop the hood and we're going to take a look at what's really going on. Mm-hmm. And then and then I went, oh, um, you know, fucking my oil's leaking. My dad fucking died when I was 19. Or whatever whatever the thing is. Go, okay, this happened. Like, we can address what the leaks are, what the issues are in your, in your engine or in your fucking brake system or whatever the fuck it is. And you are able to explore feeling sad or feeling stressed, but not actually um, attach yourself to the feeling. Okay. And you can go. Uh, you can go. Okay. I'm. Yeah. I'm feeling. <clears throat> I. I can explore sadness, but not feel sad while doing it. And then I can look at the whatever the the symptoms or the causes are of that feeling, and then address or repair or i i mean i told this to our undisclosed uh your undisclosed teenage relative that that i talked to where it was like what is worse who's the hot single one again no she's, no she's, she's too <laughs> not her not her who yeah. is the other? <laughs> um the the what is worse what's worse than burning alive not knowing why yeah. Not knowing why it's happening is mm-hmm. worse than it happening because if you know if you know why I'm in a car crash, this is why I'm burning alive. Yeah. A, yeah. A, a, apart from spontaneous combustion. Yeah. Or yeah. or even like like why why am I in a position right now where I am? I feel like I'm suffocating. I feel like I'm dying. I feel wow. like, like mm-hmm. knowing like I have I have a um uh herniated disc in my lower back. It's easier to deal with because I know right. why it happened. Because right. when I was fucking nineteen years old, I jumped out of a car to impress a girl, and I was on drugs. Like okay, like <laughs> but like but like like if I know I a why. Shotgun in my hand, by the way. Yeah. See, uh, he gets it. He fucking. We're like on the same. Stupid. Men <laughs> but like, are stupid. But like, if if I know if I know why I have this thing, it is actually easier to manage. And not only is it easier to manage, but it's also easier to um, confront and deal with but sometimes you actually need to be a third person in the examination yeah and 
for for me, it's hard I don't to want do. to speak for you. Yeah, it's yeah, fucking obviously. But for me, it was remove myself and examine myself as if I'm stepping out of myself and going because mm-hmm. because like if you give advice to yourself the way that you give advice to other people. And you go, oh, yeah, of course you don't fucking trust men because... I'd this- be a millionaire. Right, right. right. Of course. <laughs> I'd be so successful if I was the asshole oh, yeah. that other people yeah. I am to myself. Of course you, of course you're, this, you, you don't think that you're, that you're able to be successful because this fucking happened to you. Like, like it's, but, but sometimes what we need is to st- step outside of ourselves and yeah. look at ourselves as if we were someone else. Well, so you take the time to be curious. Like, you're a very curious person. This podcast is evidence of the fact that you're a curious person. You like to talk to different people who do different things and learn about that. Some okay? would say bi-curious, but I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <just kidding> but <laughs> I'm not. I like that's, women. That's fine if you are. <laughs> um, Ladies it's like, out there, hit me up at neartalkpodcast.com. <laughs> but it's uh Make sure he goes to therapy for a year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I just want therapist. you for one night. You, you're not his therapist. You can't change him. Don't do that. You can't change me. <laughs> Stuck in my ways, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, if you, you take that curiosity with yourself, you know, it's like, so my, my one bad, my bad trip was like the most pivotal thing for me ever. So I was camping with um some people i knew some people i didn't know that well and i've only ever done shrooms like with him so in a very familiar place Mm -hmm. and i freaked out because i was around people that like didn't know me super well and i just like my social anxiety just like went out the roof like all the rocks were skulls and the fire was lava and it like everyone looked like an alien it was terrifying and i went and i hid alone in my tent Mm -hmm. great thing to do when you're on shrooms and for it can be what felt like a lifetime i was stuck in this tiny tent for 15 minutes with (laughs) i know for real (laughs) this is getting very deep but i don't care because it's yolo whatever (laughs) we have to just live our lives i saw my brother's dead body in my tent with me my little brother died when he was four i was 16 and i was stuck in my tent with his dead body and i had to come to terms with saying goodbye to him and the biggest thing of that the reason i realized that i had so much anxiety social anxiety is i'm always afraid of disappointing people and it all boiled down to a lot of regret unreasonable regret that i had around his death i should have been there more i should have done this i should have done that dumb shit nobody can there's always gonna woulda shoulda coulda anytime you lose somebody but, like, I had to forgive myself for that, and I had to let it go before his body, like, disappeared out of my tent. And I was able to go, like, I don't fucking care what anybody thinks about me. I'm I'm going to go be myself. I'm going to, like, just live my life. And if people like me, they like me. And if they don't, they don't. Like, if we mesh, we mesh, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, so crazy to me that it's, like, that my social anxiety was coming from all of this, like, undealt with regret and sadness and bitterness around my brother's death and so like taking that moment and going like if i just take a minute and go like why am i fucking nervous to get up and go to the bathroom in front of you like whatever the fucking thing is it's like that is coming i'm not saying it always is coming from you know the death of a relative it's like but a lot of the times like that shit boils down to something really deep and real that it's like there's some stuff you have to like forgive yourself for, or move on from like what you were talking about earlier. 
just like is there some shit like that my anxiety that i just need to like move on from so i don't have a heart attack yeah because like i've ended up in the hospital thinking that i was like dying Mm -hmm. and they're like you're anxious yeah and i'm like fucking why and then i take then i take shrooms yeah and shrooms are like well it's because of this horrible thing that happened to you or whatever yeah but but i think too like most of our makeup like especially in like our gut health and like all that shit is like is fungal like like the whole fucking planet is fungus and like what like that's why they transpermize the yeah Mm -hmm. panspermia panspermia yeah and and that's why they do like you know it's like eat healthy uh probiotics and like because like so much of gut biome so much of our makeup is fungal and it's like it's because like literally the planet like knows your shit and like when you get to the level where it's just like you are in 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 tune with that, the the fucking the mushrooms or the plant or whatever. Well, they say like, the biggest organism is a big ass mushroom patch yeah. in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and like it and and like it tells you, it tells you like, hey, this is why you're upset. This mm-hmm. is why this thing you know causes you anxiety because your body is actually awesome, and your body is actually mm-hmm. telling you. Like it's your check engine light, and yeah. it's telling you like, "Hey, this oh, is shit. this is like your." Makes thing. you fucking respect yourself more. You're and like, it's all I, crazy. I just had a, a very good friend the other day call me up. Was like, "Hey, secretly, I've got the plug on some crazy ass amazing mushroom. You <laughs> want any?" Mm-hmm. And now I'm having this conversation. Well, just get your set and setting right. Yeah, the, that's the, the thing. I'm too anxious for that right now. Well, I'm not in a space for that. But th- but this is the like this is the 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 key thing is like if you take it from a from a standpoint of i want i want this to tell me the fuck's up what the fuck's up and i'm willing to see and go through whatever that thing is like i've i've had so many like i've had so many conversations with friends about this where it's like like the the fucking vikings or the or the whatever like were going to war the vikings were high as fuck on they were going they were going to war all the time mm-hmm. they were f- murdering people watching their watching their families be murdered murdering families mm-hmm. doing so much shit and and obviously history so we don't really know but it's like right. you never hear about ptsd but they didn't have time for that well it's not only that they like part I mean, of it they had it but they didn't have time to part think of about it that. i think is because they were they went on spiritual journeys it was they went on. I am going to commune. Forty days and forty nights. I am going to commune with my ancestors. I am going to look at the inner workings of myself. I am going to look at myself as if I'm someone else, and I'm going to confront that person and deal with all their own all, all their own trauma. And I'm going to come to terms with everything that oh. happened to me in my life. And I'm going to like. If I can't people, even imagine what other think people think about me. <laughs> but also, I can't do it. Okay, here's here's a good here's a good point. Like. When I was in the throes of like a mushroom trip and I was like, I looked at her and I was like, I'm going to look at myself in the mirror. And it was like, you know, everybody says, never look at yourself never, in the mirror. Never. True. It was like, I'm five, six. I lost all my hair in my twenties. I'm a short fucking white cis fucking dude, whatever. And I looked at myself in the mirror and was like, oh, th- that's what I look like to other people. Oh. And I went and I went, hey, I don't actually look that bad projecting on yourself kind and, of and it was like i don't actually look that bad and i looked at myself in the mirror and was like oh most of the shit that i see when i look at myself in the mirror is 
what I internalize other people think about me. And mm -hmm. it literally changes my actual reflection when I look at myself. Now mm -hmm. I'm looking at myself and I'm and I'm seeing what other people see. And I was like, I don't actually look that bad. Immediately was like, I'm not that bad. I don't I don't actually look that bad because I was able to be someone else and see myself the way other people see me. And mm -hmm. it was like a fucking decade of mm. my dad was an alcoholic and fucking whatever. The sh it was just like, oh, that's how other people look at me. Uh, like immediately, immediately changed it. It was like, oh, that's this is the world. This is the earth doing what the earth does. Mm -hmm. Like just, hey, you're not actually that bad. Mm -hmm. like you're not whatever the fuck happened like it happens to everybody you're not special this is like you are you're, you're here you're just here. Be here you're just here and this is and this mm. is what i think of you this is what you know god or the universe or fucking whatever like this is you're just like a fucking like this is who you are yeah. and it and it but i think the the important part is you have to you have to look at the psychedelic as especially like DMT is a little weird because I know it's like in your body and that's like who you, that's like you produce it. DMT is a whole nother fucking realm, my friend. But it's a whole nother realm. One day I'm going to do it. I just I don't know if I'm ready for that. But like like mushroom, like anything that is like DMT will tell you when you're ready for it. OK. Oh, I like that. Yeah. But 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 anything that is like from the earth, it's like I'm from the earth. I'm going to trust stars. I'm going to trust the stuff that's from the earth to tell me and that's dmt's from me so that's where it gets weird but but and and if the stuff from the earth yeah we all create dmt mm -hmm. in our body if i if if the stuff from the earth that i am from is telling me this about me i'm gonna believe that mm -hmm. and what this stuff from the earth is telling me after going through the i have to battle the trauma i have to see all the things that happen to me that's fine and like i get it but like at the end of it, when the stuff from the earth goes, this is what other people see when they look at you. Not just physically. Right. And being like, oh, I actually don't look that bad. Like, mm -hmm. I'm actually, I look pretty good. I'm and a cool looking dude. I'm a cool fucking looking dude. I can get chicks. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's like, oh, okay. Like, well, and that's the thing is that like self-confidence is what actually like attracts. Self-confidence is really self-awareness. Yeah. And I think that's what actually like attracts people and things to you that's right baby. because like that's right because <laughs> no, <I'm> <laughs> i think like it's it's security like people are see like a safe and secure person and that's attractive mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well i'm not i don't mean just sexually no i mean course. like within your career within right. nothing is more sexy than anything. someone who knows who they are yeah and that's coming from a 36 year old man who's like no, there are people that I know I've lived who. The life. It's there's like, people that I know who I'm like, you are probably like actually really hot, but I like don't see it because you like are so unaware of everybody. Yourself. She just looked at me dead no, in the eye when she I said, that. "I'm just kidding." <laughs> I was just staring at the, at the foam no, <laughs> <laughs> Uh Yeah, but I think like there's that is such a huge thing. Like there's just people where you're like. You're probably really hot, but like I don't know, cause like you're an asshole. You just need to get some shit figured yeah. out. And you then there's some people that are out. like, you don't know yourself. There's some people that are like conventionally, quote unquote, based on societal standards or whatever, that are like you wouldn't think are sexy. That are like, yeah, fucking sexy. And it's because, cause they're funny. Cause you they are know drawn, as, whatever it is. You are drawn to the 
the soul. Not me. I'm very shallow. I need a hot <laughs> blonde with some big tits and an hourglass. Hourglass. Well, that's waist you need to take more mushrooms. Ass. You need to take more mushrooms. Yeah. Nope. That's what I figured. That's what the mushrooms said. You need. <laughs> yeah. You need a but, Jenny McCarthy in her prime. But but oh that is God. but that is the the. You know, because I, you know, we all do because it's the fucking mid 2000s. But it's like we know so many people that are on like antidepressants. Yeah. And it's like antidepressants are great in that it's like taking, you know, fucking morphine when your leg's broken. But you have to you have to take morphine while your leg's broken, but still go to physical therapy. Right. Most people walk around with fucking broken legs. With morphine with going, morphine. I'm fine until it clears yeah. up on yeah. its own. With morphine. Well, and, and I think in a lot of ways, that's what the fucking, like, I want the hot blonde thing is. I feel like it's like uh, the Don't judge me, of, goddamn. I yeah, like I, a hot listen, blonde. When I say that, I mean, like, the shallow hookups. Yeah. Where uh, it's like, that is the, like, morphine to be like, I got the thing to feel like I Ladies, I'm not against the shallow hookup either. Again, it's Podcast at gmail.com. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's like, that's the morphine though. It's like you have the hookup and that's fun and it's great sometimes, but it's like, but then fucking what? But then what? Then you're Mm -hmm. fucking alone and sad and Mm -hmm. like, you're not connecting. Nobody knows you. Yeah. You don't get to know anybody. So for me, it's like, sorry, sorry. We came on your podcast. I'm going to go be, sorry. We came on your podcast. Sorry. We came on your podcast just to like, uh, make (sighs) you think about the, 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 I, I can't stop thinking about the universe. James Webb telescopes even making it worse. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Uh, uh, we'll shut on. this down too. We, we can keep going for it, but we'll shut this down. Right. Uh, forgive me. I came back from vacation. My sink is like clogged for something. There's water in my sink. Okay. Feel free to wash your hands if well, you like. Not gonna piss I don't in care. The sink, so it's no, I'm just saying. But if you need to wash your hands, go ahead. Don't worry about the um, standing water. Okay. I uh, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical. And don't fall in the tub. Fuck fucking sink. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a toilet, doctor. Toilet. Yeah, he's not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical professional. The I find that most people that are on antidepressants, and I know a lot of people that are because I'm a fucking millennial and we all are, is that the... I'm borderline Gen X, so... I, I think I am too, technically, because I'm 36, so... I think I'm technically the very cut off at like 40. Yeah, so because I was, <clears throat> I was born 85. Like, yeah. So I'm like in the weird... Yeah, I remember too. pre-internet, but like most barely. of my, yeah, barely. I remember going to the woods to find magazines, but like, oh, yeah, yeah, so, so, but, but the, uh, the, um, the people take antidepressants to not feel, but they, they don't feel anything. Mm. And it's the same way with like, with like morphine or painkillers or whatever, when you're going through surgeries, like you don't want to feel it at all, obviously, cause it fucking sucks. But the, the, the takeaway is that you have to not feel but also still perform the surgery. Mm. And what I find with psychedelics or, you know, in specifically psilocybin, because that's the only thing I've ever experimented with, is that you are able to not feel but you are also able to explore. Mm-hmm. You are able to actually, uh, perf- like, perform the surgery as well and not feel it. Um, a lot of people just don't want to feel but the problem is is that you don't feel at all you don't yeah. feel joy you don't feel um, almost a zombie just kind of yeah going you don't you don't feel at all and mm-hmm. then and then you're obviously you're able to 
sustained that for a long period of time. Like, especially if it's like, you've got fucking kids and you've got a fucking job and then my boss is an asshole. And then also I've got to cope with the fact that like my fucking brother died or whatever the fuck it is. Like you, you, like you're able to go for a longer extended period of time, but you're not actually able to repair the, the, the damage. I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I have to keep saying that. I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not a doctor. Not a med- medical professional. But it's like when I d- took mushrooms, it was I am able to remove myself from the impact and the trauma and the pain of the things that happened to me. But I am also able to course correct the behavior based around the things that happened to me. And I don't. And I'm able to look at the pain and look at the trauma and look at the the whatever as if I were someone else and go, oh, yeah, this is why this is why I am this way. Mm-hmm. OK, so I just need to come to terms with the fact that this happened and then course correct. But a lot of I mean, I know 40 year olds that have been on fucking fucking Prozac or Zoloft or whatever for 20 years. And but you also have like you've I'm never, 42 whiskey and weed. Well. <laughs> I mean, like, but you, but like, not you, the the general why, because I'm not gonna go ahead. You can, you can but it's like, but it's like ahead. you've <laughs> never, you've never went okay, but like, w- you know what happened to you, yeah. you know how it affected the decisions and the behaviors that you make. Okay, but like, so you understand that the way that you think is based around the things that happened, but like, who you are is not what happened, right? Who you are is how you respond to the things that happen. But it sucks and it's fucking hard because you also, if you don't deal with how it makes you feel, it's like you're reliving it all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you, if so, so doing something like mushroom, which is like the earth, God, whatever the fuck you want to say, it's like eat the shit on the ground that, that like is here, that like is growing, that is like, you know, yeah. do this. You know, I'm not even saying like don't take, don't take antidepressants, but like take antidepressants. And also go to therapy. Take fucking Tylenol 800, but then also go to physical therapy. Yeah. Take morphine, but also get surgery. Yeah. Like, like, you know, it, it has to be in combination of those things. Otherwise, you're just taking morphine for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And Damn. you're not. And you're Damn. not. He's right. And he's you're he's not, not a doctor and he's right. Yeah, I swear to God, if you fucking say that you're not a doctor one more time, I'm leaving. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a Anyways, yeah, your, sal- your mushroom sales pitch was really great. <laughs> but, that's but, awesome. And, and now and, you're going gonna- <laughs> to... But that's what's amazing is, like, now this is becoming, like, you know, fuck Ronald Reagan for, you know, all that. The war on drugs. Yeah, the war on drugs. All that yeah. shit. Because, like, 50 years ago... Fuck Nancy Reagan. Yeah, fuck parental advisories, all that shit. Mm-hmm. But, like, but, like, like... Now we're at a place where people are going like, hey, like maybe the planet literally can heal us, can heal us. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we just maybe we just have what we need. Yeah. 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 So by our record. There so anyway, buy our the record. Waves I can't Instagram. think of a better way to end. For the real, vertical. how can people find you? Yeah. Well, where do you want people to find you on social media, your record? Where can they see you? Like plug all yeah. of your stuff right here. Okay. So you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at the at vertigo waves we're at uh the vertigo waves.com um you can find any of our rec our, our music on all streaming platforms bell and the vertigo waves our last record lorelei came out a few months ago so go listen what, to March that or something may may um yeah 
That's where you can find us. We will be yeah, at Lemonade Park on September 10th with the Get Up Kids. We'll be at Record Bar on October 28th for a Halloween show. Send, follow us on Instagram and tell us what we should dress up for. Dress up as because yeah. we still don't know. Yeah. There it is, everybody. Yeah. Uh, follow them. Shrooms responsibly. Follow me in your mom's mouth. And there yeah. we go, everybody. That's it. Yeah. Man to Talk podcast. You know where I'm at. Great All time. over the place. The Vertigo Waves. Heck yeah. yeah. Boom, hey, Sherlock Boom. This was really fun. Thank you yeah. so much. Thank you for having us. This hey. was really fun. Let's yeah. do it again. Time. This is what I wish most all podcasts were like yeah. to well, be Well, that's why this is the yeah. best podcast in Kansas City. It is the best guys. podcast in Kansas City. And if you want to bring us on the next time you have an aliens person. Or we would <laughs> love to just sit. <laughs> <and> <laughs> you sit over there and watch us uh, jam. Yeah. yeah, yeah all right, this is awesome, guys. I appreciate right. it. Thanks yeah. for being here. Thank you yeah, so awesome. much. Yep. Bye.